to Soul Knox Podcast, and I'm your host, Carl Hikaram, and you're listening to uh, episode number 11. And uh, this week I'm joined by one of my best friends, uh, Sage Jaden. He's a vocalist in a band called Deu- Maum Deus, as well um, I think he has a new project that's in the works that we talked about for a little bit in the uh the episode uh, called black glass communion um but yeah he and i uh used to used to be housemates he for about what five years until he moved down to arizona earlier this year <clears throat> and um he and i uh always have like really intense conversations about metal and music and as well as another one of our mutual loves, which is the game Silent Hill, as well as other horror video games and movies and stuff like that. Um, and that's actually something that uh, he's going to come back later on. Uh, I think next month, hopefully, I'm going to try to have him come on for an episode all about uh, Silent Hill, which is my all-time favorite video game series. But uh, this week, we do our... We're just catching up and talking metal so it's about two and a half hours of metal talk and talking about music and um kind of uh getting caught up with each other on new releases that we like and all this kinds of stuff uh probably a good episode i would recommend anybody listening to uh, grab a pen and paper before you start listening because there's a we mentioned a lot of a lot of cool stuff that you should check out if you hadn't yet. Um, like I said, Sage is a he's a vocalist and he also is a composer. Um, he's really like a very talented, amazing vocalist. So, um, and uh, I'll be showing that off uh, before the interview starts. I'm gonna play a song called uh, uh, what is it called? Leviathan's Emissary by his new band down in Arizona, which is called, like I said, Maus Deus. And, um, yeah, we're going to play that before I, we talk. But be, um, and then uh, at the end of the show, I'm going to play a, a song from one of the albums that we kind of talk a lot about in the episode, which is pretty much one of my favorite albums and I think I mentioned it last week which is the new Strigoi album Viscera and I'm going to play the song uh, Bathed in Black Sun at the end of the episode uh, because that's one of the, the real standout tracks for me and I love the lyrics And I actually just ordered the CD for this album I have the first one which I, Sage actually gave to me and uh, I was like yeah I need to have a uh, hard copy of this one because uh, I just still love it that much probably buy a shirt and stuff as well right now I'm waiting on a on a tomb shirt which is a really cool one called it's like on uh, Bandcamp you can find it it's a necro alchemy one it's a fucking sick sh- shirt I'm waiting for that to show up um but yeah the uh I hope you guys enjoy the conversation um and uh you know a little nerding out on metal um and uh before we get into the episode i'm going to go ahead and um shout out to the uh, brotherhood of the uh, podcast apocalypse uh, 
And we got um, Mondays, we got Horwolf666 with Brandon Legion. And the episode that he and I recorded should hopefully be up fairly soon. Um, Tuesdays, we got uh, Into the Necrosphere with Jackie Smith. And uh, it's the best extreme metal podcast out there. It's one of the only, it's pretty much the only music podcast I listen to. I definitely highly recommend it. And speaking of Strigoi, uh, a few weeks ago, Jackie had Greg McIntosh, who's the main singer, you know, main guy behind Strigoi, as well as the primary songwriter of Paradise Lost. Uh, great episode with uh, with Greg. And uh, so, yeah, definitely recommend checking that out. Um, on Wednesdays, we got Everything Went Black with Mike Hill. Uh, main man behind the band Tombs, um, and uh, um, guest on this podcast a few times already, and uh, that's uh, kind of his podcast, which I guess in some ways uh, is kind of similar to the format of this one, where they talk about different things. Um, and on their Patreon, him and Ralph Schmidt of Ulta are doing uh, The Long Shadows, which is a really great series about weird fiction. Um, but yeah, on the main one, you got all kinds of stuff. The last episode they posted was with, uh, with Ralph as well, which was all about, um, the, uh, album, the Nephilim, uh, by the Nephilim, which is the, uh, project that Carl McCoy created, uh, when Phil's Nephilim broke up. Um, and that was cool, yeah. The album is called Zune, and it's a fucking great album. It was cool to hear them talk about it. Um, on Thursday nights, we got Necromaniacs, also hosted by Mike Hill, as well as Mike Scandato and um, Jeff Kashid. And uh, Necromaniacs uh, is the best podcast, in my opinion, that goes into, uh, you know, horror movies in particular, as opposed to the kind of interview format of uh, Horror Wolf 666. Definitely check that one out. And then at intermittent times, depending on when he has uh, episodes ready, there's Iblis Manifestations from, um, of Cheyenne from Trivax, who I had on a few weeks ago. And uh, definitely, if you like this podcast, you need to go check out Iblis Manifestations as well. Um, so yeah, don't know if I have anything else to really say. It's October. It's um, Halloween time. I've been trying to get some horror movies in. Uh, you know, I always have that intention of being like, let's do uh, 31 days of Halloween or whatever. But, I mean, at least two days of the week, it's impossible for me to watch movies, which is on uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays when I have the radio show. So it's kind of like, you know, I have to double up in order to hit that. But uh, yeah, so we're on, uh, what's the date? The 8th, and uh, I have three movies. (laughs) So I'm pretty far behind right now, but that's okay. The, um, but yeah, I just watched last night the uh, Haunting of Hill, no, no, sorry, the House on Haunted Hill remake that came out in 1999, which was a great fucking movie. I like one of my favorite, uh, haunted house say ghost movies and um 
you know, it's one once that I watch every year pretty much. It reminds me of being a kid and going to see that with my dad and uh, in the theaters. And, you know, I really love the whole the whole vibe of it and the um, the atmosphere and the set design and all this kinds of stuff. And the sound design has a great score, uh, which I really enjoy. And uh, yeah, definitely recommend that. I think tonight I'm going to watch the 13 Ghosts remake, kind of follow up with uh, the uh, <coughs> Turn of the Millennium William Castle remakes that they're doing. But uh, yeah, that is what it is. And like I said, I'm going to try to get Sage on to talk, uh, back on to talk about Sound Hill. And uh, I've been thinking about trying to play some Sound Hill 2. Uh, which is probably my favorite video game of all time. Outside of maybe, I don't know, Diablo or something. But yeah, I guess I'm going to go ahead and uh, play the interview. Uh, and like I said, before we get into it, uh, I'm playing Leviathan's Emissary by uh, Maus Deus. Well, thanks for, for listening, guys. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy the uh, the episode. And uh, hail Satan. Yeah. 
Just show me. Uh, you just got Plague Angel. We haven't listened to it yet, so that's right. I haven't Angel seen that, that edition of it yet. Before the, does it have like a Deaf Skull's head on it? It's like a Deaf's head. Oh no, it's yeah. like a skull and boat, skull and crossbone. Yeah, but it does have the original. Oh, it has the original under. Okay, cool. So that's yeah, like outside sweet. of the slipcase. Yeah, cool. It's a pretty pretty nice package. I think it's a. What does it say here? Yeah, 2020 re-release. Cool. Did you um? Yeah, because you just got uh. Finally got, you found all the three like um, Rom and Wormwood and, and Serpent Sermon. Serpent Sermon recently. Yeah. yeah. How and how uh, you liking them? Uh, so far, so far, so good. I'm actually um, I'm really liking Rom even better than some of the uh funeral mist stuff that i'm acquainted with there seems to be a bit more atmosphere yeah I as think, far as i'm concerned i think rom is like um one of my favorite things that like it's one of my favorite uh marduk albums and it's like um one of my favorite just things that ariok has been a part of because i mean for me like funeral mist is like the uh number one for me is always gonna be like salvation and devilry and then also the newest album but uh Maranthra and uh, the Hecatomb. I mean, I like them. They're okay, but they're not as good as those three, in my opinion. You know, that's just me. Yeah, and I was really, really impressed with the um, Deaform. Yeah, Deaform. Yeah, that's a masterpiece album. Like, I was like really impressed by that. I think um, Deaform. Uh, I don't like. It just I think it's just like uh, it's kind of what you wish that. For me, at least, I wish the last couple albums was. But I know a lot of people like Maranthra a lot. But for me, that's like actually, that's actually my favorite. That's your favorite, yeah. For me, yeah, uh, I, I feel like, yeah, the form is, I think, the uh, only one that comes close to Salvation for me. But yeah, I mean, that's how it always is. People are either a Salvation is their favorite, or B Maranthra is their favorite. Yeah, I like Maranatha one because that one really plays around with like tempo and a lot of atmospheric elements and is a lot less samey than salvation was i think i was like that the atmosphere of uh, salvation more than 
uh, what you know, I guess like I don't like songs like Jesus Saves. Uh, that kind of takes me out of it for some reason. And I don't necessarily have yeah. a problem with people using preacher stuff. It just didn't really do it for me in that context for some reason. You know, I get what he's going for. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who love that, you know, like, and I, I respect that. It's just not, didn't really Yeah, trying to take like actual Christian samples and stuff and trying to like invert them. Yeah. And I mean, and I, and I'm, it's kind of like funny because I'm going to, when can I have done that with the silver cord? But I guess that was like a different type of vibe, you know, and we were using just like little bits of samples. Like there was one where the guy's saying like, hell is for real, you know, like yeah. just use that to sample it. Um, But now when it's like literally just like straight, like, you know, Christian like speeches and stuff over it, kind of the preacher. And that's okay. I mean, I know, like, I understand what he's going for, but for some reason, like it just, I don't, it just doesn't do it for me in the same way that the kind of more, um the vibe of like devilry or salvation has a type of energy or atmosphere that just does it for me personally but yeah, I mean, it's just focused on the actual like more satanic aspects rather than trying to invert christianity yeah i guess that's what that's what i like i mean but it, there are a lot of songs on rantra that i think are great so i mean i do think it's a great album i think probably the one that's the weakest out of his career is probably hecatomb i would say I mean, it has some good riffs um, here and there. Uh, that's I can't remember the track, but the ones with the uh, the bell keyboards in it. Let me go. Let me go find out. It was uh, cockatrice. That's what yeah. it was called. I like that yeah, one. Cockatrice and metamorphosis were my two favorites off of that one. I like the one at the end, Power Mortis or whatever. That's the last song. Yeah. It's like that was a really good donk. good closing. Goes in there. Yeah, I thought that was cool. But uh, I definitely think that they have formed blew, blew that one away. <laughs> I agree. It was, I mean, I think it's close wasn't to a me. bad album. Hecatomb was bad. It just just really stripped down, I think. Yeah, maybe a little, a little too much. Yeah. But but it's still it was good, you know. I I mean anything that my only only thing that I mean I like pretty much every Marduk album as well. Except, and I like pretty much everything that Ariok or, you know, Mortis or whatever, whatever you want to call him does. With one exception, and that was the Victoria album by Marduk, which I don't think you've listened to yet, but. Yeah, talk talk to me about that one. What didn't you like about that one? I feel like a lot of people uh, have the same complaint. It just doesn't really. Um, I mean, maybe I need to give it more chances, but it just didn't really. It felt kind of fell flat for me, you know, like the. The production, the songwriting, it had some good song, a couple good, really good songs on it. But overall, it felt a little flat for some reason, you know, and I, I feel like a lot of people feel that way about it, you know, or it's just kind of yeah. OK. You know, it's not like it, uh, overall, like when it comes to Marduk, I'm more of a fan of their like satanic stuff anyways, like or rather than their vibe. historical war kind of yeah. things that they revisited with Frunchwein. French wine, yeah, and I, I think, well, the thing that's interesting about Marduk is that um, I saw an interview with Morgan where he was saying that, um, that when, like, I guess they, they, um, have like a kind of they, I guess when they finished French wine, they had like the a few records planned out, and one was like another World War Two one, and one was like a more, you know, satanic, you know, continuing Serpent Sermon one. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I guess like they just literally tossed the coin and that was like Victoria was oh. the next one. So that's what they did, you know? And so I guess. So, the next... so there is a more uh, satanic one in the pipes then. That's what they're working on now. Yeah. From what I understand, it should be. Uh, it sounds right like on. it's going to be coming out at some point. They haven't announced it yet or nothing, but I know that they're working on it. Like. Not Speaking of stuff in the pipes, I remember um, not too, too long ago, you told me that Incantation had like a more typical affair planned out in a more funeral doom style album in the works that's what john was saying in um in a uh interview i saw him in like last i think it was earlier this year or i can't remember when i saw it or late last year he was talking about about that he had basically um uh new full like new like regular incantation full length and then they had a funeral doom full length planned out that i guess is supposed to come out in hell's head bangers so it's like a special one so, I, I really hope he sticks to that idea because that sounds really interesting to me i think so too i think they're i think the only reason probably i mean i know that he said that they're pretty much all written like basically fully they just have to do do the recording you know the final recording stuff probably mm-hmm. it hasn't happened yet because they've been touring non-stop for the past like year you know, they basically since the beginning year started, they've just been touring. So <laughs> I, I am curious if they go ahead with that funeral doom release to see how uh, different or not so different will sound from uh, Incoffination, which is basically their whole thing is like a funeral doom version of Incantation. Right. It'd be yeah, it'd be interesting to see what what John does. I mean, I know that um that part of where it sparked off from was that they basically had developed like different types of sets for live. So they'll literally do like all doom set where it's all the slow doom funeral doom type songs from, from their albums, you know? And I guess mm-hmm. that sparked off like you wanted to do like an album that's just purely that the type of vibe as opposed to kind of being all over the place. Like the albums usually are where they're between, you know, mid tempo and fast and, the, the doom stuff i mean dirges of elysium has some really great funeral doom stuff on it and i mean all, all their uh, profane nexus did uh, and legions of Diss off of uh vanquish and vengeance it's like a what was it 15 16 minute doom yeah. song or um what's that uh fuck uh the song at the end of um uh what was that fucking album called um infernal let me see uh, like trying to check like when you're like oh, this it's good uh good good podcasting i'm looking to check this out um, <laughs> infernal storm yeah i'm trying to remember the the song title there's a song that i really like at the end of um yes uh yeah it's the one at the end that nocturnal kingdom of demonic enlightenment yeah, that one really slows it down at the end of Infernal Storm. Yeah, because it's Infernal... a shame that um, uh, he, didn't, he didn't like that album too much. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, because I feel like that's probably one of their most like black metal sounding albums in a lot of ways, like the the production and stuff. Yeah, along with uh, Diabolical Conquest. Yeah, like the guitars are a little bit more, you know, high pitched and. I feel like you can hear a lot of bands 
doing that kind of sound now, like trying to kind of do that black metal, death metal type of vibe that he is doing on that album, you know? It's like a whole genre of bands. It's really now. hard to strike <laughs> to strike that kind of balance though and like pull it off because like a lot of a lot of the more um black metal tilted death metal that I see, a lot of it coming from feeling like corpsest. Um they're to me purely death metal. They have somewhat of a black metal atmosphere, but like they definitely lean more towards death metal, whereas I think Incantation uh struck that balance just right with Diabolical Conquest and Infernal Storm. Yeah, um, I would say like bands that I can see doing that, maybe like Grave Miasma on their on their last album, yeah. Abyss Wrathful Deities, or I would say, um, uh, oh, what's that band called? Averse Sephira. Have you ever heard that band? I've heard of them, but I've yet to listen to them yet. I need to do some homework. They're um, they're they're pretty good. Like, I mean, their first album battle hymns or whatever is more like more like traditional black metal but each then they their other two albums are more more and more out there and they're i guess they're probably a bit more influenced by immolation than incantation but they definitely um are particularly that kind of immolation like kind of uh death metal sound they they mix with black metal like and it's almost interesting it's funny because i feel like there's maybe been a cross pollination because i know ross because they toured together emulation and aversafira and ross dolan is like a big fan of them like i've seen him do interviews with like aversafira shirts on and stuff oh right and, on uh, so there's definitely been some influence i think there have been so a little bit of cross influence where aversafira influenced by emulation i think they probably influenced emulation some because i feel like particularly like the newest emulation is very black metal in a lot of ways you know yeah that 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 new record uh blew me away i'm happy you recommended it to me i think it's probably one um it's definitely one um for me i think it's probably there's the two best death metal albums i've heard this year so far is that one and uh have you heard werewolves have i sent that to you yet um that one i also have not heard (laughs) it's like an australian death metal band um they're really good i'll just send it to you they're like They've 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 kind of been on a roll though because they've released one album every year since twenty since like twenty twenty so they released one twenty twenty one twenty twenty one twenty twenty two and it's um guys from uh when the main the main songwriter is a guy who was in Akrakaki for a while or Akrakaka however you pronounce that and he's been in a bunch of other stuff and the vocal they were in a band called Berserker or something like that the vocalist in mm-hmm. him. But uh, basically, it's just like barbarian, barbarian death metal. It's all about caveman death metal, like totally politically incorrect, like you know, just like you know, testosterone met- death metal. This was great. <laughs> from 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 the whole caveman school of autopsy, I guess. Well, no, it's not really. It doesn't sound like autopsy so much. It's like a different kind of cave. It's like more. It's like brutal. It's like it's like actual brutal. Death metal. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Like it's so not like the, that same it, kind of mentality, at least the same type of mentality of this kind of like barbarian caveman stuff. But their their lyrics aren't really like autopsy, like and that they're not really. They're more about like just like, like hating, hate, and you know, misanthropy, and <laughs> you know, just like smash balanced breakfast. <laughs> yeah, balanced breakfast. The <laughs> testosterone. 
<laughs> Speaking of which, um, this little gem from Colorado really surprised me. Endless wound, black black curse. Yep, that one's a that I've listened to it. I it's been a while since I listened to it, but I remember it being pretty good one, right? Um, yeah, it's like um, uh, Americanized bestial black metal with some heavy doom elements and uh it's 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 pretty brutal the guitar tone's perfect drums are just right um i have to give aubrey a shout out actually for introducing me to them she found them all right and uh yeah she got she got me to you know give them my attention and they're they're amazing featuring some of the members of uh, spectral voice i believe okay isn't uh is the spectral voice the one where it's like they're also in blood incantation Yes, yes, yeah. but Spectral Voice is amazing. Yeah, Spectral Perfect Voice is a good one. And uh, yeah, so Black Curse is like a more bestial version of that. Yeah, and I, I believe it features the, uh, I don't know like the details of the members, but I'm pretty sure that's also the vocalist of uh, Spectral Voice. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I remember listening to it like a while ago, but I can it's been so long that I kind of forgot what it sounded like, you know. <laughs> you know when it happens so you listen to something once and then you're like, it's like I know the cover, but uh And you like, know you liked it. It's just yeah. you have to you have to go back and, and revisit it. Um I remember liking it a lot, but I just don't remember. I can't like call to mind like the exact sound. I can kind of remember how it sounded, yeah. But, yeah. Another good gem that I got is let me find it. This guy. But oh, you got Nocturnal Silence. Yeah, but I, I've had I got so many versions of <laughs> Nocturnal Silence. But the, what's special about this one That's is this one, one right? finally comes with the Secrets of the Moon instrumental mm-hmm. that uh, has been absent of just about every other version of that album. Was it on the original version or something? Um, it was only on the initial North American release. Okay, which okay. I'm sure. I'll just check the version I have because I, I have like a I got it years ago like used so I don't I think it was pretty old I don't remember if that song's on there or not I'll have to check because yeah the story goes um here's the the original track list and you can see Inborn Evil is on there and they did not want that song on there because uh, the band didn't feel that it uh it captured the same raw darkness of the rest of the album so it wasn't supposed to be Inborn Evil it was supposed to be uh, Secrets of the Moon, okay. and this new remaster, which actually sounds really good, um, features both Inborn Evil and oh, I'm sorry, not Secrets of the Moon, Shadows of the Moon. It's a it's a little what minute and twenty second, fifteen second instrumental, but it is it it's it's pretty amazing. Nice, yeah. I mean that that's a great album, like uh, definitely classic stuff. Yeah, and it sounds with this. Usually, I'm not the biggest fan of remasters, but with this remaster, this is probably the best version of the album. I've heard. I think, I think they're going through and definitely worth purchasing. I think they're ne- necrophobic are going through and um, remastering their, their early stuff, aren't right. they? Because I think they're like think, this. Yeah, that one. That one's that one was I think the first one. That that their satanic blasphemy has also came out. Yeah. Oh, I know they. Um, I think they're going to do. Um, 
they had the first few albums like because they just did that reissue of Death's All and Hrimthurzen or whatever. Yeah, I have them. I got them right here with me. Did you get the remasters? You know they're gonna do. Yeah, I got I got the remasters here. Um, Remember how hard it was for you to find Death to All. All. Remember um, this? uh, Yeah, um, this album was impossible to get my hands on like a, a Brazilian edition of it. And uh, here's, I can't, I'm not even going to try, but you know, they're <laughs> going to re-release um, all their stuff because look at the spines. I mean, come on. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're making. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm ex- excited. I'm excited. And I hope they're doing this for some good remaster of blood hymns. Cause the remaster I have now makes it sound like absolute. It, it just sounds like shit yeah so maybe even a remix and remaster of that album because i think that is their best songwriting wise yeah i think that definitely is their that's my favorite uh, like as far as the songs go it's that one and uh third antichrist those are my two favorites yeah third antichrist that one never gets talked about i think for me that one's probably i mean they're both my I, they're hard for me to choose which one is my favorite but i feel like those two are their strongest albums in their whole career basically you know yeah, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Dark Side. Dark Side's okay. You can kind of tell it's like I know a lot of people. It's real high on a lot of people's lists for them, but it definitely feels like a kind of uh, in between. Like it's kind of like they haven't quite put together. It's like a transition, transition yes. album. But when I whenever I listen to Dark Side, it makes me want to just listen to Dissection. <laughs> you know like dark side is like great value somberlin <laughs> i wouldn't go that that far but i definitely see what you mean but yeah, yeah i mean to get crucified for that but like i'm sorry <laughs> I, just, I just don't think the songwriting sorry dave parland i don't think the songwriting holds up quite well, I, as much. I think it wasn't it um then sebastian joined for third antichrist and he's um, like yes he did that, that was his first album with them and, and all of the ones that he writes for are the best you know be it third antichrist yeah. blood ham death to all Rams i think person. he did a really great good job picking up that, uh, dave parland's sound because dave parland you know he he was one of the founding members of necrophobic and um then he became he, a member of dark funeral <laughs> yeah and he pretty much created the sound that was on um, the Nocturnal Silence. And then he went in more of a black. He wrote most of um, Dark Side. Yeah. And I think Sebastian did a great job of taking that Nocturnal Silence and, and Dark Side and kind of mixing them cohesively together. And that's what kind of, you know, set Necrophobic on this trajectory that they're on today. Yeah. I mean, and you can tell, like, was the only album that he hasn't been on was Room of Willis, I think, right? yeah um they got the guitarist from unleashed yeah for and that I, one and i mean that's an okay album it's probably their weak one of their weakest ones you know in comparison yeah. i mean it has some stuff i like on it but uh particularly when you compare the last what um the last two albums the ones since yeah with Willow. um with their original vocalist like his name escapes me but yeah the, the vocalist from nocturnal silence i think those two albums blew it out of the park yeah, I mean, their new, their last few albums have been like masterpieces, you know, just like really intense and really um, great songwriting and great atmosphere, and you know, just like a string of great stuff. And you know that Sebastian has a side project too called Inafelion, 
I sent it. I, I had no idea. I thought, I don't remember if I sent it to you. Yes, he has a side project called Inafelia, and I'll have to send it to you. It's kind of like, it's, I mean, it's funny because it, it basically sounds like uh, necrophobic, but, you know, like. <laughs> I'm down like, for more necrophobic. Yeah, it's like, if you like necrophobic, you like this one. It's a, I mean, it's a little bit different, but I mean, it's not, it's not. I think he just did it because he had a lot of song ideas and and too many for necrophobic, so he just did the side side project to release like more songs. You know, it came out at the Is beginning that one, of the year. Would you say that one's a bit more on the black metal or the death metal side? It's it's almost the same as as necrophobic, where it's like in between kind of. You know, <laughs> <laughs> literally, it just sounds like a, a, a necrophobic by another name in a lot of ways. It's probably more on the black metal side, though, if I had to say. Maybe a little bit more black metal, but you'll have to uh, send me a link to that one because I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, you'll like it. I mean, it's a it's a really good one, and um, I'm definitely looking forward to some more necrophobic as well. Yeah, they owe us a new one. Um, they've been releasing a new album every like two every... years since uh, yeah, since they got Sebastian and their original vocalist back because they had Mark of the Necrogram and. Was that 2018 and then yep. Dawn of the Damned and 2020? So it's yeah. 2022. It's time for a new album. Come on, guys. <laughs> As, you know, you're releasing all your back catalog. We know you got something. It's funny because I, I knew something was up with, with their back catalog because all of a sudden, like on Spotify, it all just went down except for their last mm-hmm. couple albums. And usually, sometimes when it happens, it's because a band is like about to re release it, you know? That's sure yeah. what's happening now. It's like each one's kind of going back one by one, you know. <laughs> I, I even think they're going to do a re release. I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I really think they're going to do a re release of uh, Wuma Lilithu because I got Death to All here and it's, uh, you can see there's still more. Yeah. It's not the very end of the I necrogram think, there. I think they probably will. I mean, because that one's also off. That one also went off of Spotify, so I'm assuming, yeah, they probably because yeah. that one was on a different record label, so they probably got the rights back to it. And I'm just, I'm just looking forward to that uh, uh, Blood Hymns remaster. I'm, I'm really curious to to actually hear a version of it that sounds like decent. Yeah, because I think you gave you gave me uh, Third Antichrist, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- those two, those two are great ones. I think um, the uh, for, when it comes to that kind of that kind of stuff, I mean, they're one of the masters. You know, I personally think Necrophobic as a whole is like far superior to Dissection. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Sorry, everyone who loves Dissection and l- licks their boots, but like all <laughs> respect to Dissection. But overall, I think uh, Necrophobic has a more storied career. Though that's not really fair of me to say because John cut his life short. So well, who knows and, what and he could have. And he went to jail for a while, and then he came out of jail yeah. and made, made Rain Chaos, which is kind of, I don't know about that album. That's <laughs> a good heavy metal album with black metal vocals. Yeah, exactly. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't think any, I remember when that came out, I was just kind of like, what is this shit? <laughs> You know, because I was like, you're expecting like you wanted another Storm of the Lights vein, you know, or something that like, sounded like that in any way, and it was like completely just like something totally different, you know. I know it's and- like, <laughs> what is this bouncy shit? And then there's one band I actually really don't care much for, uh, from the Swedish 
the land of Sweden came out and they dropped this on me. Oh yeah, the new Watane. Uh, the new Watane. And I was like, holy shit, this is a really good, this is a really well written album. Yeah, it's a good one. The um uh it, that one um like I mean I actually re- really liked Trident Wolf Eclipse, but this one definitely I think is uh a bit better one because of the the sound and the songwriting is but I mean I I liked Trident uh, Wolf Eclipse except for the production was a little too crappy like it was very yeah, it very was pretty, quiet it was pretty quiet yeah yeah it was like I way just, too I wanted, quiet but I, I liked really the wanted vibe to of see it. them develop more off of um, uh, Lawless Darkness mm-hmm. and I feel yeah. like we got a little bit of that with the their newest one yeah a new one definitely like. It's it's a funny album because it goes by real fast. Like you listen to it and you're like, all of a sudden it's over, you know, which is a good thing. That's a good a sign. Yeah, it's a good thing. That's a good and sign. Nothing sucks more than an album that's like a chore to get through. You know, you know what, you know, I mean, I love this band, but you know what band was some, which I've always felt was kind of a chore to get through their full albums was typo negative. Like sometimes, like I always felt like when I was a teenager trying to listen to Bloody Kisses and stuff, I felt like it was like an accomplishment to actually listen to the whole thing from beginning to end because it was just so yeah, it, and it's not even I, I couldn't even tell you why I agree it's not even because it's doom no there's nothing to do with doom it's just it just, just like Atramentus if you listen to Atramentus that album flies by yeah granted it's like 20 minutes shorter than Bloody Kisses but it's like there's something that makes that album seem like it's never ending yeah or like um uh it's also just like I think the thing is like I part of that I think is just a lot of filler on that album, you know. Like there's like yeah a lot of kind all of the like, it's yeah although like kind of like cr- crappy punk songs that's on it that just for jo- just kill for, all the just, white people yeah just for the chuckles you know like I get it. Did, did you mean, know there's a version there's a version of that album that um doesn't have that stuff. Peter Steele kind of went back and rearranged the track listing and added what was it something in dusk or something and he took out the punk songs yeah i, I have that version i think it's way better it's a much yeah. better album. yeah it flows better and uh it's more consistent like it has a more consistent feeling i think personally i mean i know i mean i mean i'll listen to their one too but you know i do just feel like that with general typos their albums are so long that they're all they're all like 75 80 minutes like each one yeah you know you almost feel like he was trying to make them long just to be annoying that's how tight that's how i would be surprised i mean remember origin of the feces i bet that pissed off the record label yeah like here's the same album over again <laughs> yeah oh yeah this is our live album yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, all the money on alcohol but the studio gave them to record an actual live album and they're like yeah hey, here's this <laughs> i mean I, I do love typo negative i just that's how i particularly when i was like a teenager i really felt that way like i felt like it was a like really difficult to get through the albums all the way and actually like know you know um be able to pay attention to the whole thing without like want you're like you know wandering off and you know what i mean like thinking <laughs> But try doing that with the ruins of Everest album. Paying att- paying attention. The whole whole thing. Yeah. I actually think um I might have shot myself in the foot because uh um 
Alex Meinwalder, however you pronounce his name, he's actually really good at uh, keeping your attention, even though he writes some of the droniest stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's a, there's, um, I think, well, with Typo, like, for example, as I got older and I heard the albums more, I actually liked it better. You know what I mean? Like, I was able to, mm-hmm. it was funny. It was like, it was like, the more you listen to it, you kind of got it more. It was like when I was younger, it was like harder to have that attention span throughout the whole yeah. like, 75 minutes. You know what I mean? But there are some albums that, that uh, you listen to that are like, you know, 45 minutes and they feel like um, fucking million years as well. You know, I can't, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head, but there's definitely times where I've been listening to an album and then you kind of get about halfway through and I'm like, how long is this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, like an esoteric album. Esoteric, esoteric is definitely hard to can be kind of hard to get through. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any problem with twenty minute songs, but um, yeah, their their ones can. Esoteric is one of those al- those bands where you get through the first CD and you're like, I got another <laughs> CD, <laughs> you know? It's it's but you got to finish the journey. Yeah, you gotta, there's no safe points, you know. You can't light a bonfire there. You gotta. Yeah, because you got you got four long songs. He's got to work your way through it. Uh, but then there's other out bands like Funeralium where I have no problem listening to the whole. Same. Same. Like, Did you, um, were you able to listen to their newest? Yeah. I like that one a lot. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, nice. um, up to the time I left Colorado, I don't think we never really touched base on that. I think, uh, I think their newest one blows away of Throws and Blight and it's right up there with, um, fuck, my brain's not working today. Is that the, uh, deceived idealism yeah i mean i really like the throws the bite though like that's a really good album i think all of the, all four are great albums you know and and again yeah. everyone has bands that i mean yeah their albums are two cds but they just go by like that you know because you get kind of yeah, same with the um, energy of it same with adoraxi mm-hmm. yeah adoraxi like that too I think it's and just... I don't know how they do it because that's some of the most sparse, like stripped down, minimalistic, like vast, sprawling doom ever. Yeah, I think um, and just how some bands just have that ability, you know, to just like create some. It's funny how you can have two bands do almost the same notes, and one band can play one chord progression for like, and uh, you know. 20 minutes and it's like enthralling another band could do that and it's like the most boring thing you've ever heard in your life you know <laughs> is there something about the way that they're doing it is just yeah it's, it's like it's how it's played it's the phrasing it's the tone that they're using it's like there's so many factors yeah i think yeah there's a lot to it i think it's just the feeling you know that you get like um it's the same thing with like dark ambient music for example like there's dark ambient stuff that just sounds like fucking wind noise and it's kind of annoying and then there's stuff that's like you know one really, droning, droning note and it's like enthralling you know it's the same thing <laughs> yeah like really really involved like uh i gotta show you this treha sectori you're the one who got me into these guys oh, yeah treha sectori i actually great. got look at this thing oh is that the the digi book thing yeah that's I thought awesome. I was just getting a regular album version, and it's full of uh, is it like a, artwork. It's like a book of pictures. Oh, that's cool. 
yeah it's like it's it's really there's a ton of stuff in here that's awesome so it's like a bunch of art is yeah, it, would and, it uh, cost the same as like a regular regular cd a little bit more i think right. it's on the um on the what was it camp. on nova dia it's out, it's sold out on the band camp the uh the same the same record label that dust bell is on yeah no yeah norma evangelium yeah that one yeah. that one treas is a great one did the, the um I like, I like his stuff like it's very uh it's very good dark ambient uh and did, did you um did you get a chance to check out uh Mutterline? which one Mutterline, i think they're called um it's it's like a one-woman project uh they're on devimir morty productions and it's basically a mix of industrial dark ambient doom and post-punk so that would definitely be right up your alley you have to send that to me i don't know that one i mean Deborah morty releases a lot of good stuff most things that they release are pretty pretty good pretty high quality you know they they every once in a while they release something like i'm not really i don't really like that white ward band very much for, for example yeah. it's a little too jazzy for me jazzy and progressive <laughs> yeah it's a little too i like um they grew on me because i i fucking hate the saxophone but i do i do think they do the uh the post black metal elements very well yeah i have to I have to listen to that a bit more i kind of like a lot of post black metal stuff i just like have just like i'm just like a big old no on you know anymore yeah. like i was, was so into it, it at first around like 2011 2012 but then it got old quick for me my problem is that you started getting all these fucking like trend hopper bands, you know, yeah. that just were doing doing the sound, and it was just like, you just look at them, you're like, oh yeah, you're just, you're just trying, you're just, you're just doing this because it's popular, you know. You could see, yeah, you get all these wolves in the clone room and death trend and yeah, bands death trend, and... death trend, death trend, uh, uh, sh- yeah, it was just, oh, it just man, we got tiresome. but I mean, but you know, then there's bands that I mean, uh, but the original bands are pretty good. Yeah, I think if a band is doing it genuinely because that's what they want to do, that's who they are, you know. Like, a good example for me is like a band like Ulta, where it's like 100% hit yes. their like nat their expression, like it's you know, who they are. Like, for me, that that's like. That's where I'm like, yeah, like I like this because it's real. Yeah, you got the. Have you heard their newest album? Yes. Yet? No, I know you're telling me to check it out, but I haven't. I just have this one, and like, I yeah, listen you... to it all the time, and I'm just like, this is so good. I need to realize they have other stuff out. Yeah, you really need to get the new one. It's fucking really good. It's one of my favorite albums of the year so far. Um, another good newer post band, I think, is um, if you'd even consider them post, because I think they sound like a more black metal-y insomnium is uh, Hikara for the Sky. <laughs> Hi, Hi uh, Kari. Yeah, Hikari. Uh, <laughs> or Kiri for the Sky. I think I showed you those guys. <laughs> yep, yep, you did. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this like emo meets black metal nonsense? And then it grew on me. Yeah, they definitely like... Uh... So definitely like emo black metal for sure. It's like it's like it totally has that kind of post hardcore type of emo vibe, but it's black. But it's kind of black metal. I mean, I don't really consider them black metal at all. I just consider they, they're kind of one of those bands that like 
like them and like his other band Karg, which I actually like mm-hmm. a little bit more, the vocalist band. Um like uh they're the kind of bands that that like for me and it's kind of like the same thing with like Bethlehem, like they're the kind of bands they listen to in the same type of mood that I would be if I'm listening to like a post punk band or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're not really black um, metal to me or and they're kind of they're kind of this other thing, you know. One thing I really like about them is uh Harakiri is um the riffs aren't mush, like it's not just like atmospheric no yeah it's like, like guitar wash like the riffs are very muscular yeah they, and... they have real real riffs that are real mo- like they're melodic they're based in like heavy metal you know they they they're heavy sometimes yeah exactly like they're not they're not like guitar wash stuff because that is something that that you see a lot with kind of the wannabe bands is that they don't write good riffs they just write like uh a, you know a kind of a chord progression that they then bury under a bunch of crappy like keyboards or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like it's just like I no, so, not good. There's so many bands that try to do that. It's like you know, but uh, there's a lot of good, real good bands too. It's just like I think with the the post black metal, supposedly post black metal bands is that they um you know like i said there's some that are good there's some that that are are not but i think uh like you said the the beginning ones the one particularly ones that is doing it because it's natural because that's just the sound that they create i mean that's what it should be i think all i think whatever you're making should be like what's what's comes natural to you you know as far as like as far as like you know, you can have facets of yourself where you express in different ways and different projects or something, but whatever project it is, whatever like thing that you're creating needs to be like honest, you know? And the thing is, and this is, this is going to be a controversial opinion for some, but I hold to this opinion and that is if you're going to create honestly in a, a niche of genre, you need to do your homework. Uh, yeah. You need to understand where certain riffing styles came from, what certain movements stand for, etc. Yeah. Like, because a lot of people hear modern bands and like, um, they'll just riff off of their modern bands without even bothering to look at where their heroes got their ideas from or where they got their influences from, you know? Yeah, exactly. So they, yeah, so it's like people just want to make noise rather than make messages or, or, or make something that is genuine from their understanding and their love of the music and the history behind it. Yeah. I think you should be rooted in, in I always, always had the perspective of going back to the roots of anything I get into. So it's like, you go back to the, to the origins. So it's like, you know, with black metal, for example, you, if you're going to make black metal, you need to listen to Bathory and Hellhammer and, you know, even venom churches and venom and whatever you know all, all those tormentor early sodom yeah all early, for early destruction first two creator albums sarcophago blasphemy you know you need to dig into all that stuff and understand where the genre came from and then work your way through because then when you know and you have your roots in that i mean like like when you, you can do other things but you're still rooted in in what the genre came from you know 
absolutely and bring and then, and then you we... understand those those riffing styles you know and you can't just throw a neat riff in there and be like oh this sounds dark this is black metal like black metal riff like sonic wise like what makes black metal is the riffing yeah well it's like a good example where of... those riffs came from like, yeah which all started with venom yeah Aquamanthorn. Well, Equaman Thorn. Well, and I think um you can yeah. tell a band that that I, I, I would say a good example is something like Leviathan, where his stuff mm-hmm. is rooted, he he roots his black metal in those old school type of riffs, but then he expands upon it and brings in the influences from other genres that he but it, he yes. integrates it into the black metal. It's not just like copy pasting, like and it's not out. a saxophone thing, Christ. Right. And it's not like gonna he doesn't do like Leviathan never did that thing where he's just like, okay, now we're just gonna like it, it felt like very integrated, like he would mix like these kind of real true black model riffs with all of a sudden now we're kind of expanding into these he's bringing his influence from swans and different bands in a real yep, organic and, and way. Like some you know? really well done dark ambient. Yeah, exactly. As well. That's a great example. Another band, a newer band that I really like that does that is a band called Unru. You sent me them. You sent me a link to them. I still need to listen to it. Yeah. And and I found out about them through uh, Ralph from Ulta and it was, um, um, he's friends with them and uh, they were like really good. And their newest album is kind of like a good example of that too, where, I mean, uh, the first song is like this kind of real atmospheric, like kind of pretty type of part. But then it goes into the first like actual real song on it really has like an old school type riff, like real kind of almost like Celtic Frost Frost style type of riff. But then, you know, other parts of the album are like more atmospheric or beautiful or, or, you know, or dark and creepy or, you know, they have a lot of different variations, but it's rooted. Obviously, they're rooted in like, you know, Hellhammer or all those kinds of bands as well as being like kind of art already artistic in their own way you know one band that i I think did that really well going back to the roots but kind of making their own stamp on it was negative plane yeah they well they they kind of took a um uh you know and even like they kind of took their like a different they kind of went back to like okay where black metal was circa 1990 and we're like we're gonna try to progress from a certain point like of like a blazing lord sky slash goat lord that you know martyrium the band and um those types of things and build off of that to create their own sound that is rooted in the old school but it's almost like creating like it's almost like there was this little like offshoot of like black metal in the early 90s that kind of didn't grow much and they were like we're gonna keep growing this little offshoot root of you know what i mean like uh yeah, and to and explore that. That's that's even what they said in interviews back when they released their first album back in the early, you know early two thousands was that like we're we're drawing on like Goat Lord and A Blaze Northern Sky and there's this band like I said Martyrium which was later turned into Secrets of the Moon and um and they uh, they kind of were like we're going to and you know maybe like Mortuary Drape and all that kind of stuff they're going to expand on that kind of yeah. Option which I think is, is cool. Cause I do like all those types of bands. And I really, I do, I do feel like in black metal, there was just like, you know, you had, you had the different, different roots of black metal. And, you know, one of those was the one that was like 
taking a lot of influence from Merciful Fate and stuff like that that was going into like Mortuary Drape and early Samael and a lot of different things. You know what I mean? That yeah. that hasn't gotten expanded upon as much as say the uh the Yeah, that was kind of stopped dead in its tracks in the early, early nineties. Yeah, with Samael, and no one really cared to go revisit that sound. And I thought uh, that was uh, those first two Samael albums have a genuinely dark sound. Oh uh, yeah, them. I love those. The Worship Him and Blood Ritual are two of the best black albums mm-hmm. of all time, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, I mean, it had this kind of slower, more obviously Hellhammer, Celtic Frost influenced in a way, but also melded with maybe a little bit of that, um, you know that kind of versatile fate isms a little bit maybe i'm not really sure how to describe it there's like this type of sound and you had like uh, a lot of those bands were kind of more bass heavy as well because you had like Barrow yeah they had a much more bands. warm like hellish sound to their creepy crawly yeah stuff. i would i would also include the greek bands as part of that that kind of offshoot of black metal as well you know like Barathrum and yeah Barathron, i mean and uh Barathron and Rotting Christ and Early Thou Art Lord and Necromantia, all those types of bands. I mean, I do, I like that that whole offshoot as well. And so yeah, that was always cool about negative playing as if they they're like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna build from that one, even though it's not particularly the most popular offshoot of black metal or not, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm glad they did. And they and I think they expanded on a lot of ideas and they I thought they brought those ideas to their next logical conclusion and they kept the whole ritualistic atmosphere and they also um didn't pull any other punches with the riffs the riffs certainly aren't what i would call super primitive some of them are pretty technical but they maintain that atmosphere well i mean that's where you get in like the fact that like goat lord is a big influence on them you know they're taking from Goat Lord instead of Under a Funeral Moon, you know? <laughs> yeah. This is definitely going to be a little bit different. Uh, another band that I feel like expanded upon that offshoot of Black Metal was Colts, the Ghouls. Yes. Particularly, you know, I mean, all their stuff does, but um, their first album, Hawks On, really is very obviously influenced by Barrow's Ramen and stuff like that, like very heavy, you know? But yeah, Coven is definitely a favorite of mine. Yeah, Coven's a great one. And then they uh, originally they were formed by the same guys who were in Bestial Raids, but but then it's funny because after that first album, Hoxon, um, they left. Like now there's like there's like no original members of Colts to Ghouls because originally it was just these two guys who also had Bestial Raids. So it's kind of funny. It's one of those bands that <laughs> existing without its original members at all. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know that they were the some of the same dudes from Bestial Raids. Yeah, originally the first the first album hacks on, but by Henbane, I don't think that either one of them was left. I don't think. Yeah, that explains why they get tied to the bestial black metal scene so often. Yeah, definitely because yeah, they they, they kind of started off in that, and I feel like the bestial black metal scene as a whole is maybe a little bit more related to that kind of style. Yeah, because bestial black metal is also very like drawing upon like sarcophago and and uh, blasphemy and you know all that kind of shit you know what i mean like yeah although or like the old like volcano and all those old like brazilian bands and stuff like that uh even uh, even early 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 sodom has been cited as influences yeah or like those bands like the first uh sepultura um ep and album Mm -hmm. 
which is amazing. That's like the best thing Sepulchre ever made. It's more of a vision. Yeah, I think. Still devastation. Didn't they switch vocalists with Sarcophago? Uh, well, I don't know if he's Burnout. on the albums or not. Um, I think he w- he was in in Sepultura. I mean, I don't know if he was on Morbid Visions and Beastial Devastation. I'm not 100 sure. I know that yeah, they he split the guy who did Sarcophago split off from Sepultura, and there was also another member who was on those two albums who now is doing a, a band called Troops of Doom, mm-hmm. which is real good. So uh, I definitely recommend that if you like uh, some old school death thrash stuff like like Brazilian style. Because it's basically like it's called Troops of Doom, and it's basically trying to per, per, pick up where they left off from Morbid Devastate, Morbid Visions, you know. Troops so of Doom. Yeah, definitely recommend that if you want. There was this that. one. There was this one like Black Thrash album you told me about. You said you bought it, and it had the most ridiculous image on the back cover. Oh, anal vomit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy is standing there without his pants on. His like dicks just out. <laughs> he's like wearing a. He's like wearing a bullet belt. And a, and a leather jacket and like a t-shirt but then he don't have no pants on his dick's just <laughs> it's like the weirdest fucking thing like you're like well you said you said the music kicked ass though yeah that album is fucking sick it's a great album <laughs> uh, it's it's I know that new cool one now just recently I think is really re, just re-released it so you can get that album. Oh shit! They, I hope they re-released it in its original format. I'm sure they did. I remember I commented oh. on 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 new cool now. I was like Instagram. I was like, oh yes, this is a fucking great album. I was like, I, I have the original version of this and and uh, fucking Yuki from um from new cool now was like, yeah, it's her only good album. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! He's like, nah. he's like, I'm happy. I'm finally getting released their only good album. He's like, I, I had released their, oh, their their next one. He was like, it was like kind of the crappy album. I was just like, man, you really like are just tell the truth, don't you? <laughs> it's not. I mean, that's what I love about there. So about New Core now is he? He's, he's, I mean, they're like one of the best labels out there. So, but yeah, Anal Vomit. Um, yeah, I was happy they uh, re released those uh, Proclamation albums. Yeah, you got yeah, they did that. And, um, uh, I'm sure he'll re-release them at some point in the future too. I think he just did a reissue of like a, some some other stuff. Well, and then blasphemies. There's a bunch of reissues of blasphemy stuff like on Osmos and stuff now too. So, oh, right on. Yeah, I don't know. You picked those up though, didn't you? The Osmos. I just edition. have a uh, Fallen Angel of uh, Doom. I don't know what edition I have. Let's see. Yeah, you should you should totally get the Gods of War album. I mean, there's really only two blasphemy things you need to own, which is Fallen Angel Doom and Gods of War. Command. I don't think this is Osmos. Is that one new core now? Because I think they might. I don't think this one is Osmos. I don't think so. Uh, I'm not sure what label that is. To be honest. Yeah, it says Command on the spine. Oh, but I got it. So there you go. You you, sh- you still need to, you need to get God's Award though too. That's a great album too for what it right is. On. I mean, it's short, but it's good to have. I mean, you got to have both blasphemy albums. I was really impressed with the uh, second, the sophomore uh, Bestial Warlist album. That one actually has some good riffs in it. Yeah, Bestial Warlist is a good one. Yeah, and then uh, did you um, 
Speaking of Beast of War, did you see that Destroyer 666 has an album coming out? Yes. Yeah, they just released a, a single for it. Yeah, I actually had some ads thrown at me. Yeah, because <laughs> I think they're on a, I was like, is this even black metal anymore? I think they're on season a miss or something right now. Okay, that would explain it. Yeah. But uh yeah, Destroyer Six 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 are great. You you did you get into them? I forgot. Um you um no, I never did. Same thing with uh what are they, 1347? 1349? 1349. Wow, I'm getting cru- crucified for that one too. Uh, no, I never got into them either. Oh, you definitely need to get into Story 666. I mean, that's right, right up your alley, you know. Right on. <laughs> it's like black thrash, like greatness. Uh, you know, they're like one of the masters. And I mean, and because yeah, um, everyone talks about them, and I'm just like, hmm. KK but... was originally in Bestial De- uh, Warlust. And then when that, then he formed uh, Destroyer Six Six Six. So the first Destroyer Six 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 album kind of, kind of builds on that kind of more bestial sound, and then it gets it, the second album is a bit more like black metal, and then ever since then he's kind of been kind of towing the line of this kind of black thrash stuff. But uh, he's got a lot of great albums. Right on. Um, I will definitely check them out then. Yeah, in that definitely case. recommend it. I have to remember. Uh, I was I'm trying to remember the name of there's one album that is like the one that I like the best. Up to let me look real quick. It's um like blanking on the name. Come on, bastard. <laughs> Let's see. It's gonna be uh come on. It is being a little bitch. I think it's um Let's see what will load faster. Is your uh, service sucking? Yeah, my service has been kind of service has been kind of annoying today. I don't know why, but uh, see, it's gonna be um. Yeah, this one, Cold Steel for an Iron Age. That's one of my favorite ones by them. By uh, Destroy Six Six Six. Yeah, and that one and uh, Phoenix Rising is real good. How many albums did they have out? Seven. A new one coming out. Oh, shit. I, I got homework to do. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Cold Steel for an Iron Age is one of my favorites. Phoenix Rising is great. Um, and, and, yeah, Unchained the Wolves is, of course, a kind of a classic one. But I recommend starting with Cold Steel for an Iron Age and, and going from there. Cold Steel. Yep. Um. Where's that in their uh, discography? It's their third album. All right. And you think that one has a pretty good mix between the Black Thrash Death? Yeah, I think it's just like a, uh, one of my favorite, favorite albums. It has like my, um, the song, and the and there's like a bonus track on this version. It's called Black Dragon, which is, or the Dragon, which is great. Um, I just like that one a lot. And Phoenix Rising is real good too. It has a song called I Am the War War God. Ode to the Battle Slain, which is real good. So those two I really like a lot. And then So they have a lot of like actual like war metal kind of themes in there too. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of his stuff's real influenced by like Nietzsche, and it's like, and uh, yeah, it's like battle and war and that kind of shit, you know. Uh, the very first album is probably the most like closest to a more bestial type of sound. Um, so it kind of it kind of progresses the the songwriting and stuff as it goes on. But yeah, so but he's like all his lyrics are kind of based around like Nietzsche and like war and you know all that kind of shit. <laughs> Man, those Australians are really killing it. Australia, I mean, Australians do pretty good at like certain things. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh god, running oh, the country man, is not one. Uh, definitely not Australia, but I think uh, Archgoat's been kicking it out of the park too. Archgoat, yeah, I mean that last album was like one of the best. That was like my that was like probably I think that was my number two album of last year, next to Funeral Mist. Worship the Eternal Darkness. Yeah, that was a oh, fucking yeah. great album. I really liked how they they progressed the sound a lot, like with just like I don't know, it's just probably the, one of the most like mature sounding songwriting. You know what I mean? Whereas melding yeah. the old, real old primitive stuff with like some real like almost orthodox black metal type of elements. Yeah, know? they threw some like a little little hint of melody in there, but not like cheesy melody. Yeah, like it's kind of a sinister melody. Yeah, you know? yeah. I very, really like very um, ritual sounding kind of trem riffs and bells and choirs. And did you like um the the EP they released recently? Yeah, uh, all Christianity ends. I thought that was. I didn't think it was anywhere near as good as the actual album they released, but uh, it was something nice to chomp onto. I just I wasn't too crazy about the production. That was my problem too. I feel like if it had the same production as the album, it would have been great. But um, yeah, the, it, the production wasn't super great, and the drums kind of sounded a little cruddy on it in particular. Like, but not cruddy in a good way. Not like prop, yeah, not- proclamation cruddy, but like kind of like just kind of like tinny. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like we love we love our uh, lo-fi, fucking hell trash shit production, but like it's got to have power. <laughs> yeah exactly. power you know that's like Our fucking satanic christ raping war noise needs like, to have um, some power like my favorite drum tone for that kind of music is proclamation um uh execration of cruel bestiality that's the one yep execration of cruel bestiality that's like my favorite proclamation album and it has the best drum sound because it's just dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so fucking like just <laughs> sounds like it's like fucking it's like an angry neighbor just pounding on your wall nonstop. I love the way that the, the snare is just like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like <laughs> so great. It's all distorted, it's, it's all distorted and yeah. like <laughs> it's peaking and shit. Oh man. I love that. That's it's like that's the perfect drum tone for that kind of music. It's like needs to be kind of distorted and like real loud. It's like the I love the drum sound on possessed seven churches i think it's one of the best drum sounds ever yeah that album has an amazing production yeah it just is one of the best like metal it's like in my opinion that's like perfect production for that kind of metal you know i agree it's like venom on steroids yeah but it sounds 
way better than Venom. I'm just wondering, like, how did they fucking? I mean, they were like 14 year old kids. Like, how did they manage to make this album sound so fucking like, like the guitars sound wait, great? Wait, the wait they were that great. young? Yeah, they were teenagers when they made the album. Holy shit! Like, I think Holy Jeff Becerra was like 14 or something, or 15 or some shit. Holy shit! And yeah, because like, that, that that sounds fantastic. Did did they actually get it done in a studio? I think so. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't at. Um, no, it was a studio. It was the shitty one. Oh yeah, no, no, never mind. They're a California band. Everyone was going to uh, what the hell was it in Florida? Oh, um, more yeah, sound. More sound, but that was later on. I mean, possessed. Yeah, that was like more sound was probably around them, but I don't think death metal bands started going there until the late '80s. You know. Yeah. But I think um, the uh, just the drum sound on that possessed album was like a fucking unreal and this is sound in general let's use it it's funny yeah it doesn't say on on metal crabs where it was recorded but the um just like i love the guitar sound tone i love the way that how loud the guitar everything's loud you know their guitars the bass the vocals the drums and all this sounds great. It's just dun 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 drums, and I love the like roto roto toms, like boom 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 boom. I guess. <laughs> yeah, just just nonstop worship of Satan. Did he ever uh, in did California he get their, their newest album, the one that released? Yeah, the one where the the uh, the album artist for Ghost did their album art. Was it the same guy who did Ghost? Yep. Yeah, the Revelations of Oblivion. I think the album's pretty good one. Yeah, I do. I think uh, Jeff's vocals held up really, 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 really well. I have it around here somewhere. Yeah, nah. I will, my only complaint with that album is it's a, it, it is one of those ones that's a little long, but it's like not bad. You know, the songs are all good. Yep. But it feels like maybe they could have put a couple of those songs onto like an EP or something, you know? Yeah, because there was so much material. I think like a 35, 40 minute album length would have been perfect like i know it was a big comeback album but uh fatigue does definitely start to set in so uh, yeah it's 53 minutes and it's like the songs individually are all great it's just like for some yeah, reason it's that just type, like that type music, of sound. music like that needs short bursts yeah i think like 35 40 minutes like they could have they could have taken off three or four songs and put it as an ep or something like that i think would have yeah would have improved it but i mean it's still it's still a good album though i mean i liked it i thought that, yeah, like you were saying there's like there's no duds on there no all the songs like on their own are great it's just yeah i think for for that kind of that kind of stuff like shorter lengths are better you know that's what she said <laughs> i don't think that's what ever what she said oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine a woman saying that <laughs> oh man well <laughs> oh they need to go talk to Jeff <laughs> Jeff Becerra the, yeah um... poor guy he's um now he's got some issue with his eyes going in for eye surgery yeah it's on that it's like you can't get a break man yeah, it just never ends. It sucks. The um 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, I saw Possessed with Danzig and Marduk, which was great. Oh, and uh, and uh, Possessed, like, were amazing. I mean, you know, he comes out, like, in a wheelchair and, like, fucking rocks harder than a lot of kids do, like, now, you know? <laughs> yeah. So much Very respect good. for him. Yeah. So much I, respect. And I mean, I like, uh, personally, I think Beyond the Gates is a good one, too. I feel like a lot, I feel like a lot of people kind of dog on that one because they don't like production or something, but I think it's good. Yeah, yeah, Beyond the Gates really gets thrown under the bus. I don't really understand why. You know, it's like, it's a good because album. Because it's not Seven Churches. Yeah, but it's still a good album, yeah. you know? And uh, it's not like fucking... It's, yep. not like the same, it's not like Dark Angel, like, doing, like... You know, they have Darkness Descends, which is a fucking masterpiece, and they followed up with, a, with you know, something that's not that good, you know? Yeah, like, Leave, leave No treat- Scars, whatever fuck that show's called. You know, like, it's not like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and people also act like, like, shit fun by autopsy is, like, the worst thing ever, but, like, you know, it's really not too far off from actually unspeakable. No, musically, it's just, I think people just act like that because of the, the album cover is so disgusting. <laughs> you don't want to look at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's really why. <laughs> yeah, let's just forget about that one. <laughs> and and just the, the lyrical subjects and stuff are just... They're We're like, going to flush that one down the toilet. <laughs> but musically, yeah, it's not, not that far off from the rest of the autopsy. But I mean, that's what people do a lot of times. I mean, a, a great example of that, people writing off a lot of like bands would be like something like uh, Moonspell, for example, who never mm-hmm. really completely changed their sound too much. You know, in a lot of ways, they have like their kind of range of things that they do, which they set pretty clearly on their first, you know, two albums. You know what I mean? And people yeah. act like Sin Picado and Butterfly Effect are like out of totally they crossed the line. They cross the line. Like they don't sound anything like Moonspell. And I'm like, these albums sound like Moonspell. Yeah, they sound but exactly I mean, like Moonspell. Yeah. And they kind of <laughs> stayed within those parameters within yeah. those first few albums and just like did different things with them. Yeah. And I, I mean, uh, I don't really like their newest album, though. I thought that was kind of disappointing. I, I haven't even listened to it those because things- I heard the first few songs and I was like, ugh. It was kind of that was a bad one. It felt that one was like the first album of theirs where I was like, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're coming off of like a string of great albums and you're releasing this. You know, it's like, no, thank you. I don't get it. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was a good chance. Like, if they're gonna do something like that, they could have put out like a solid like goth rock album or something. But it ended up kind of but sounding like wasn't adult, even anything really gothic about it. No, it ended up sounding like. I don't know, adult contemporary metal or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it didn't really sound like, uh, it's, it didn't even really sound like Moonspell, to be honest. It was weird. Yeah, it was one of their first albums to actually not sound like them. And I don't, yeah, I'll be honest, I, I, didn't know, I haven't listened to all of them either. So I don't know if maybe there's, you know, I tried, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I really couldn't do it. So maybe on, maybe in the depths of it, there's some good songs, but I don't know. <laughs> it's sad it's sad or, they, they get one chance to redeem themselves yeah hopefully their next one's a good one you know and um another band that i feel like uh it's kind of their their career tra- trajectory has been real funny is paradise lost 
yeah. because you know they 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 pretty much set out in their first three albums like yeah we're gonna do whatever we want you're just gonna go on for the ride you know what i mean so that's what they did you know they they literally just developed their sound as they did and went into like doing like host which was like depeche mode basically it was like the best depeche mode album depeche mode never didn't release you know and uh Such a and, and it's great and then they, i don't know what they were thinking with um what the hell was it right after host oh yeah believe well, something yeah that one um i know that that's probably their worst album you know yeah. it's a weak album it has some good songs on it but overall it's not very good and uh and that's even like Greg McIntosh and all the guys in the band say that. Like they feel like that's their weakest one. Believe in nothing. And, Believe in uh, nothing. That's it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they did release a new version of it that was remixed with like a different guitar tone to make it a bit heavier sounding. Yeah, that's the one I have. Yeah. With the uh, the black cover. Yeah. And I, I definitely think that's their weakest one. But then, you know, Symbol of Life kind of brought them back to being, you know, and, and they just been up uphill trajectory since then you know i thought they really started uh resurfacing with their self-titled yeah the paradise lost out me too like symbol of life has some good songs on it. it it's still maybe a little bit mired in them trying to figure out what they're doing at that point in time and then yeah paradise lost kind of brought that more of the heaviness back while still retaining that kind of goth thing that they were doing at the time and yeah, then what's, what was cool is like Post like 2005 after um their self-titled like they just slowly got better and better and better with each release and it was like this like whole uphill crescendo of awesomeness from these guys and you any other band they would stay mired mired in that electro alternative rock hole yeah they for kind the rest of, of their career yeah they just they brought it back i mean uh i thought in rec in requiem was like the real like 100 percent like return and yeah. then uh, Faith divides us. What uh, Death unites us was was an amazing album. It's one of my favorites. And but I really, I mean, I have a real special place for uh, for um, the Plague Within and Medusa. Those are two of my favorites by them. All of those albums. Yeah, and even Medusa gets some shit, and I don't know why, but like, I think that's an amazing Death Doom album. Yeah, I think that's an amazing album. It's like such a great, and I love lyrically i think it's one of their best albums as well because the lyrics are really are i don't know they're they're exploring like kind of if you read the lyrics they're kind of more of kind of apocalyptic in a lot of ways and drawing upon a lot of mythology yeah. and like really dark and really in, like i think that's one one of their best albums honestly and uh i think it's great because i think i think they said in an interview they were going to take beneath broken earth take that idea and kind of make a whole album like right surrounding that idea yeah and that's what medusa was i think it's great i love that album and uh i had i loved you... obsidian too that was my uh that was the first album i sampled by them and i'm like oh my god yeah obsidian's a great one they um are definitely just continuing on like you know they brought back a bit more of the goth elements from before while melding with the medusa sound and everything was good uh did you have you gotten strigoi yet yeah i got the new one the sarah that's probably like uh that's up there now i think it's one of my favorite albums of the year it's fucking amazing i love that album oh. 
Fuck yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you'll agree with me on this. They're one of those weird bands that, like, I know this is like kind of an inside thing with us, but like, they definitely fit in the realm of like Silent Hill music. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I think so too. Like, it has that same type of vibe as like Silent Hill for sure. Yeah, because they're not just Death Doom. No, it's it's kind of like they kind of meld in. I mean. I mean, he has some songs that kind of sound like um, maybe a little bit of like D-beat, like uh, crust almost, like crust death or something, you know, here and there. Yeah, but they really get back to the uh, band in all faith. Yeah. And uh, I think it's like, you have like, yeah, you have like the song um, Napalm. What was that song called? Napalm Death or something like that. Napalm Frost. Napalm Frost, yeah, which was cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the rest, my one of your songs is Bays in the Black, Black Sun was a great song. Yeah, that um, one and uh, Byzantine something. But, but Byzantine, yeah, Byzantine Tragedy, Byzantine Tragedy, or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. And uh, the last song, uh, The Iron Lung, that song is fucking sick. That one's yep. real, like fucking, like, it is. you know, doom sounding. And hollow, and I, I like that it's not just basic death doom, it's like they're taking their own, like it's really, it almost has this like triptychon level of pitch blackness to it, exactly. Yeah, it's like some shimmering light in there. I can't, I can't really describe something intangible like that, but I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, there's, there's certain bands that just have like this absolute pitch black void type of energy like that is just like intoxicating kind of and Tripticon is one of them and and monotheist by Cote Frost mm-hmm. and um I would say that this album really falls into like both the Strigoi albums fall into this category and Valonfire to a lesser degree than Strigoi I think Strigoi uh he's like I don't know it's it's like Greg has tapped into something just pitch black. It's just like it's just this like real obsidian energy to it that I like really find real inspiring. You know, like I love that. And I really thought um, he did a good job not repeating himself. I think Viscera is a really good uh, step up from Abandon All Faith. Yeah, I think so too. I felt like Abandon All Faith was a great album. I really love it, but I did feel like maybe he was trying to figure out exactly there were certain songs that almost sounded like paradise lost songs yeah certain songs that sounded like maybe Valentire. and this album he's like found uh the real like his sound the sound for strictly yeah and i mean i think that it's just like a masterpiece like it's just the the album i mean when i I first listened to it i literally listened to like three times in a row just on repeat because it was just like this is fucking like the energy and atmosphere of it you just like soak into it and you're like, you don't want to, you know, you just want to like sit in this like, like abyssal void of music or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. It's just, it's like, it's like a comfort blanket. Almost. Yeah. I'm trying to like, and I was trying to think of bands that it reminds me of or to have the same similar feeling, you know, similar vibe. I, and I, was, I You know what? Really? I listened to them back to back with absent and body and it just fits. It works. Absent and body, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Absent body, um, Tripticon. Trying to think of other other things that could fall into that category with that kind of energy. I feel yeah, like some, I would say the body, but to a much lesser extent. Yeah, much less. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I mean, there's definitely a lot of death, like a lot of doom bands that kind of have that kind of vibe to a certain degree. Maybe like Funeralium. Uh, in one a way. thing I think Ostrigoi gets. What's that? I said maybe Funeralium in a way has a similar type of energy, but it's a little oh, yeah. bit different. I've... Well, one thing, um, definitely Funeralium. One thing uh, I think Strigoi does excellently is the drum sound. The drum yeah, sound yeah. blows me away. Drum sounds perfect. I love the drum sound and the how heavy the guitars sound. They just have this like, it's like fucking like it has that 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 Tom Warrior like, yeah, or uh, yeah, it's like something like studio mixed of Tom Warrior. You know, it's like this like grimy fucking t- tone that it just sounds like a hit chainsaw grimy like fucking hit you in the face type of tone. You know, real yeah, heavy. It's, it's total guitar sound that fucking hates you. <laughs> Yeah, like it's hard to get that that the mix because it's like not um, but yeah, the way that it fits in with the drums and the bass, it all just creates just like great tone. But it's just something about the album just has this like really dark, and it's funny because it's not really even like a bleak feeling per se. There's some bands that have this like real bleak like. Uh, where you just feel kind of depressed listening to it or something. Like Zaster. Yeah, it's not really like yeah. that. It doesn't make you feel depressed or something. It's just like it's like it's like empty of, and dark and just like it's just like you're like you're like kind of like soaking in darkness, you know, like yeah. kind of bathing and ah, uh, yeah, this feels good. And that's <laughs> when you know it's something special because <laughs> not a lot of bands can pull that off. No, no, they a can lot pull of off too. like an artificial, like evil sounding darkness but like this is just like pure like void yeah i uh did you did you like the new blue dollar snord the the one that came out i love it yeah i love disharmonium yeah oh 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 um blue dollar snord released a few new tracks a couple days ago all right and see that yeah they were um there was a special subscription that wm morty was hosting that you'd, you'd pay money and you'd have like an inside scoop on um these songs based off of uh, Lovecraft and okay. uh, Vince fall finally released them on Bandcamp digital only, but you can grab them right now on Bandcamp. Oh, cool. And yeah. uh, go on there. There, he said it's like kind of a continuation of what he was doing with the work, which transforms God. Oh, really? Yep. Does it sound like that to you? Do you check? Um, honestly, to me, it sounds a little bit more like disharmonium. Yeah. Because I, I yeah. don't really think Disharmonium sounds like the work of Transforms God at all. You know what I mean? Me like, neither. It's like completely... It's its like, own thing. It's it's, it's yeah. definitely more organic. It's it's a, But I loved that album. Yeah, it's definitely that a lot album. different. I feel like um, uh, it was it was the album that, that Hoosagen should have been. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's like the almost like the, the underbelly of Hallucinogen. It's like the ugly silent hill other world of hallucinogen because it has a almost similar um landscape i guess you could say yeah yeah but it's like um i like it much better than than hallucinogen like in a lot of ways the um me too just because like i don't know hallucinogen just didn't do it for me like, I know, you, I know, like you, like you, you and Emily and everybody, like, like, like that album. And, like, <laughs> people are like, "Oh, grow on you," and it's like, it never grew on me. I just didn't like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I was just like, I was I like, "Memoria Batusta." What's that? I liked it more than the uh, Memoria Batusta 
albums. Right. I mean, I mostly just like the first Memory of Astusa album from like listening. Yeah, to that it. one was really good. Yeah. And uh, I forget, you liked uh, Forest, right? Yeah, Forest is great. You know, he's releasing a new album, right? For Forest. Yes, I'm excited about that. We'll call it Two Hist. Two Hist. That was a bad joke. <laughs> but yeah, Disharmonium, I, I, I think is great. Uh, it's still not quite like um, up there with like my favorites by him, but I think it's a great album, you know, just because, you know, my favorites by Rudolf Snort is uh, for me personally, it's um, Mystical Beast Rebellion and uh, Oracle's Transformers God, which are yeah, to me, nothing older. will supplant the work. The only thing that gets close for me is the 777 trilogy as a trilogy, not as individual albums. And right. uh, I, Disharmonium really, really caught me by surprise for yeah, how excellent good, it is. It's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I definitely was like, um, Please, that it was a return to you know the dark and or you know and yeah rather than the melodic and like uplifting yeah i just don't i mean i don't go i don't i feel like in a way finsball should be releasing the melodic uplifting stuff if he wants to make that under a different name it just doesn't Budos nord is like for me associated with fucking evil music that yeah like of the abyss you know what i mean and <laughs> even like the memory of us two stuff like for me it feels like kind of like kind of weird because it's it doesn't really fit the rest of his stuff too much but I, but i get why he does it because it's like that's where he started from you know the first yeah you know, ultimate and other people and, other people who love blue house nord they they hate the industrial experimental stuff and they love the memory of Atustas, and to them that's what blue house nord means to them so it's, it's kinda, like it's 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 weird. It's a weird archetype. Yeah, it's he's kind of got a weird thing going on as a band because it's like as an artist because yeah he has these he has these two different like fan bases and two different types of music that he's doing. And it's kind of like I mean I like both for what they are, but um you know I but got you know which blue, one is better. Yeah, I got in a blue doll snort because I work with Transforms God. Like mm-hmm. I remember um, I was on like some. It was back when I still would use like black metal forums and um and some and um this one guy sent me the song Axis from that album and I was like this is amazing it's so fucking evil sounding you know like it really sounds like nightmarish and I also knew Godflesh before I had heard Blood Osnard so it was like I understood immediately what he was doing you know I was like oh he's kind of doing Godflesh black metal you know and because uh, I had heard street street cleaner before before that, so I kind of like immediately got what it was going on. And I was like, oh, this is a really cool idea, you know, to do to do like this kind of black metal. And it's funny because um, it's one of those things where it's like if you're going to use the drum machine, the way to do it is the way that he make does it sound it. like a drum machine. Yeah, like yeah, Hamar, make it obvious. Mysticum or something like that, you know, like. In general, I find most industrial black metal to be real obnoxious because a lot of it came out sounding like this kind of like goofy, like 90s techno industrial. Like the Covenant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how there's all these black metal. Yeah. Like, yeah. But uh, uh, but a band like Ludos Nord are doing real industrial black metal because it's like that's where industrial 
industrial wasn't originally supposed to be like like music that you play in a club you know kind of became yeah, it was supposed that. to be it was it has a darkness about it like like uh early swans like blue house north captures that same type of darkness in my opinion exactly like if you go back to the roots of industrial like the stuff that i got into when i got into industrial was like einster's and new Bouton, uh skinny puppy uh old swans you know stuff like that i mean that's that's like uh real industrial you know it's like fucking or throbbing gristle or you know stuff like that and it's just like um so to me, it should be like kind of like noisy and and dark and like all this kinds of stuff. And uh, yeah, I just didn't really like the and I, that's, that goes for industrial too. Like I kind of lose interest. I lose interest with uh, with uh, regular industrial, like actual industrial music after certain, like if it gets too like techno-y, you know what I mean? <laughs> It's all like dump, 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 dump. Let's see. I think I lost you. I think well, I think I lost you for a second. Yeah, I lost you. Yeah, I don't know what you heard last, but I was, I was saying that like uh, I don't. I kind of lose interest with industrial as a whole, like when it gets too techno-y. Yeah, and too dancey, like uh, like Doll Factory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, some of that, like, there are bands that can pull it off. I mean, I like what you did with Doll Factory for that kind of style. You know. Yeah. It's just like. But um, but it's nice when you get to the real gritty, dirty, filthy, grindy, like darkness of like again. You're talking about going back to the roots. You know of what these genres we're really about yeah you know i mean industrial started off like being influenced by as like an experimental art form like doing like uh music concrete and and uh pounding on like fucking like what's you know answers new bound would use like fucking jackhammers against like metal and shit like that to create like, these rhythms and you know there was this whole kind of like culture in like berlin in the 80s you know where you had like these bombed out um places they're so bummed out from world war ii you know like where people are squatting and it's like making like noise on like concrete like literally pounding concrete and stuff like that you know like that's that's kind of what gave birth to industrial you know and so yeah. even if you're going was, to do more technically techno, it was angry it was violent it was ugly yeah and even if you're going to do more electronic based techno or, or industrial i definitely like uh when it gets more like skinny puppy yeah, Wumpscut, Skinny Puppy, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. And, uh, and uh, um, you know, and that's, and so I feel like um, Blood Oz Nord are one of those bands that saw the, saw the, like, they were obviously, like, listening to like, God Flesh and all this kinds of ministry or whatever, all this kinds of stuff, and they like, saw the place to intersect the two and create this, like, nightmarish, like, sound, you know what I mean? I think it's, like, perfect. At least, yeah. I also really love the um, that which once was EPs. I think it was called. Yeah, the, the, those are more. Uh, uh, what the hell were they? Liber something. Yeah. What once was or. 
Yeah, I wish I'd released the second uh, volume of that on CD. There's only one and three for whatever reason. Yeah, it's real weird. There's like, oh, you're going to release one and three. And two is, is there even a two? I don't even know if there is a there two. Is a two. There, there is a two. There is a two. Is it just released yeah. on vinyl or something? Yeah, just vinyl and digital, I think. I don't know why it never got a CD release, but yeah, that, that one, it... uh, it was definitely more of a metal-based series of many albums. I like that a lot, though. It has a real dark atmosphere, which I really like. And uh, I kind of like the, the, the keyboard elements on it almost sound a bit more like, like, um, it almost sounds like it's more dark based on like, yeah, like uh, Black Legion's type of stuff, like Black Ambient stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was a it was a really neat little project. Andy had a lot of cool doomy parts. That's one thing I love about Vince Fall is like, and except for like the Memoria Vetustas and the hallucinogens, um, he's had a lot of doom elements in his music. Well, it's like the second disc of the mis- Mystical Beast, where it's like the whole second. Yeah, that disc one's like, like doom. all doom. Yeah. And um, um track uh, chapter five in Mystical Beast is pretty much a doom song as well. Yeah, I love that album. It's like it's like the e. It's like a cool version of. Um, I love how minimalistic that album is. Like most of the album is like just like kind of blasting Blast beats and riff exploration. It's like a mechanized version of Transylvanian Hunger. Yeah, and then but then almost. you got these like doom songs as well. It's like such a and then it's like all this like dark ambient in between i mean Interludes. for me that's like perfect i love that i love the mixture of dark ambient like minimalistic black metal i just think it's such a cool combination when you do it right you know absolutely yeah and then these like really quiet ambient interludes and then the, the next song will just kick and kick your teeth in it kind of reminds me of um Olver's album nat natin's madrigal does that or has this dark ambience and then also mm-hmm. it's like this like ear piercing like fucking screeching like black metal and then um another thing that reminds me of is pentagram by gorgoroth how there's that weird like sound in between every song you know you notice that yeah how there's like uh antichrist has a couple well they have a creepy creepy intro like someone being smothered or suffocated yeah and then um and then uh, of course like uh under the sign of hell has um that like weird wind sound thing. Mm-hmm. That has and they have something. a creepy interlude in the middle of the album as well. Yeah, the creepy interlude and and the weird like wind sound for like a minute <laughs> or whatever it is. It's just literally yeah, sound, the, like the second sound. to last song. That's yeah. like a three minutes of like wind sound, white noise or wind sounds or some shit. Yeah, it's weird. I I mean I like it. I just never. I was always thought it was funny. It was like you got this like wind sound going on. <laughs> Of course, I told you about the uh, devil is calling kicks in, and that song kicks so much ass. Yeah, it's a great song. I mean, that album is like a sick album. Then, um, what was the one um, that I think you don't like that I always like on uh, Destroyer? uh, Blood Offer. Yep. Which I like. Blood Offer, the one where um, Infernus does the vocals and they're freaking terrible it's just this really tinny i guess you could barely call it a black metal riff and all these like random noises pan to either side of your speaker and it's well it's like just like it's like submarine noises it's like and i told you why i like that song it reminds me of being in like the the missile silo 
but it has it. nothing to do with the rest of the album that's oh i hate it i love it that's great i mean it has something to do with the last song <laughs> and the first song the last song is a doom song the virgin born well no, the, no the bonus track is like a cover like oh, the weird like cover of uh, I just, dark throne just yeah just cut that from the album that's a terrible cover <laughs> i like it i like get rid of it it's gone it's in the <laughs> trash throw like, it in the trash i like blood offer i like that one and then yeah it really gives me that feeling of like being in this like fucking abandoned place like you're hearing like the whole thing's on springs and you're hearing you're like in there in the dark and you're hearing like these kinds of sounds like somebody's walking in the fucking place you're like (laughs) that would be great if the rest of the album followed suit see to me destroyer only has two songs that make it worth owning and that's open the gates and the virgin born so i like i like a lot of that album I'm a big fan of that one. I do like the two other songs also. I take that back. I like the two other songs with the Norwegian titles that has Pest on vocals. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I like the whole album. Uh, the Devil, The Sinner, and whatever is a great one. Yeah. That that one had some guy named T-Reaper doing the vocals. I think, I don't know. That. It might have been Tormentor. I don't know. I don't know who does doing the vocals on that. They probably were it's probably Tormentors because Tormentor was on that album the yeah. guitarist so, someone credited with the name t reaper yeah i don't know i wouldn't be surprised if it, was, it might have been some some whoever who knows one thing that i think is funny though is that like when it comes to pentagram and you hear the vocals sound so tinny on that album and when you hear like people like gall or other people describe hot when he did the vocals in person they're apparently like really just intense and feral sounding, you know what I mean? Like really loud. But on yeah, recording catch some live recordings of, of hot doing vocals for Gargroth. You've seen on that? YouTube. Yeah. yeah. And the, they don't sound like they do on their album, do they? They're not as tame. No, they, yeah. they sound insane. Yeah. I w- I just wish that that we got those kind of the, the the actual like way his vocals actually sound. I don't know why it sounds so tinny and kind of like wraithy on the album you know what i mean yeah i would definitely say it's a production issue rather than a performance issue yeah i just would i would have been nice to have heard like what they actually sounded like because it just seems like they took all the i don't know like he recorded through like such a crappy microphone that just got like the high end of his voice or something, you know, like compressed it to like this little tinny like sound. And it's not, it's not actually the sound he's making. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they still sound pretty eerie on that album for what it's worth. Yeah. But unfortunately inspired so many terrible black metal vocals, black metal vocalists to try to sound like that without realizing that he was actually going full bore. You know what I mean? <laughs> Was it like, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't well, that... like I do think the early Behexen vocals had intensity <laughs> <laughs> on the first album. The yeah. um, definitely not as good as his later vocals, though. Mm, I agree. Uh, I think a good good midpoint though was um. The second Bexon album, where they were high pitched, but they're yeah, they sound a little by good. the blessing of Satan. Yeah, that one's a great album. Is it really sounds like a, a more aggressive version of Demon Mysterious or something? 
definitely has that kind of um that song has some doom doomy parts in it too so as you could tell i'm fucking obsessed with doom but <laughs> yeah it has some doom parts as well the new dark throne better have some doom parts they sure. better i'm sure i'll have tons of doom parts <laughs> they're old metal <laughs> yep journey of old metal fenris is he's completely lost his shit and i love it <laughs> The, uh, have it any other way. the little clip that they had in the in the ad sounded pretty good though. Yeah, it did. Really atmospheric. Yeah. I mean, it's... I've grown to love Eternal Hails, but I will always hate that production. Yeah. It's funny I realized so I did go back and listen to Eternal Eternal Fails. <laughs> but uh but um and I did I was like, okay, I, I do like it better now. I realize that part of it, if you listen to it on its own, it's good. But if you're like, let's say you're listening to their discography and you go from Old Star to that album, you, immedi- you immediately, like your ear immediately goes, this is, this sounds like crap. You know what I mean? And, but if you old, listen, I think Old Star is their best sounding album. Yeah, I think, so. I think so too. So it's like, I think where I, what was going on when it came out was I was going from listening to Old Star. You know, you listen to it in order. You listen to Arctic Thunder and Old Star, which supposed to sound great. And then you put on Eternal Hails, and it's like, it, you're this? like, what is going on? Like, it sounds so, like, powerless, you know? Did you finish the album? <laughs> yeah. But then, but when you listen to it out of context, you know, just on its own, like, where... You're not, you're not like comparing, you're not like, you know what I mean? Like I just put it on. I was like, listen to it. I was like, you're not noticing as much. You can like enjoy a bit better and definitely has some good riffs and some good songs on it. You know, like, yeah, I think, I think the songwriting th- is what saves it. Yeah. Cause I think that was the thing that when it came out was just like, kind of like, I was just like, what is going on? You know what I mean? <laughs> the production. Yeah, like, was- there's old school production, but then there's like this, like, you just, I don't know. I don't know what Fenders was smoking. And, uh, and I also got nervous when I heard that um, Astral Fortress is being recorded at the same studio as Eternal Hails. It's like, oh. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, that, that little clip didn't sound like Eternal Hails, though. It sounded, sounded better. Good. The drum sound was better. My biggest problem with Eternal Hails is just that uh, I feel like nothing, those, the different parts didn't congeal. You know what I mean? Like, like it was kind of like a riff salad. No, of. no, I mean like the production. The production yeah. felt like it didn't like didn't come together in some way. Like the guitars and the drums had no power. You know what I mean? The guitars had no presence. Yeah, no presence. Uh, somebody, one reviewer that I that I um, whose channel I follow on YouTube, he said he, he compared it to um, sounding almost like something recorded on video cassette. Yeah, it was that tinny. Yeah, it was like because back in the day, sometimes bands would do like demos onto a video cassette for some reason, and they released like these demos like on video cassette, like, and he said it sounded kind of like how those demos sounded. And I'm like, then I'm thinking, well, you know, one thing that that I will say, even with the Dark Throne albums, I really don't like like FOAD and all that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I can never complain about it. the production's always been perfect, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, and you're like, I wonder if this is like the very, very first Dark Throne album. Where I'm like, I don't like production, you know, 
I mean, I, I think every other album is like perfect, even like Transplant Hungers and things, perfect for the music. And I'm wondering, so they, they know what they're doing. So th- maybe it was on purpose. I don't know. Maybe they were trying to make it sound like yeah. one of those old, you know, video cassette demos from the 80s. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel like, you know, I, w- I was the I was missing the point, you know, because especially Fenris is extremely particular about how he wants things to sound. Yeah. So I feel like maybe it's uh, the jokes on me because I missed the point. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I mean, like you said, I think now going into it, you have that. You already know it. You can listen to it on its own terms. I will say the song, the last time I listened to it, I was like, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot more. I still found it a little bit hard to get through the whole album for some reason. But but I did like it more, particularly the first half, I think is great. Yeah, I do love. Uh, what like is it? Hate, um, hate Cloak is a great song. North Pole Adrift. Yeah, North Pole Adrift uh, has a really good speed metal riff in there towards the end. I think and the first song is a pretty good one, too. Yeah, there's a doomy part towards the end of that one. Yeah. Uh, his master's voice. Yeah, his master's voice. That's the one. I like that one a lot. Uh, yep. So yeah, there's definitely songs. I mean, I feel like I feel like it's overall, you know, it's grown on me some. One thing but. it does have a lot of is I think a really um a re- really like somber, wintry atmosphere in a lot of it. If you just like throw that album on with some good headphones and you take a walk in the snow, like it's it's perfect. Right. I could see that, yeah. I think uh it's got that kind of kind of feeling of like I think because the songs are a bit longer and they take you know they take the the riffs take longer you know to go it kind of creates that kind of atmosphere and even the slight uh keyboard touches too really add a lot yeah i think yeah i mean it definitely grew on me i think uh uh, i'm curious to see what the next one's gonna be like we'll see i mean hopefully it sounds better at least if it sounds better then i'll be all happier but I was no, actually no. pleasantly surprised by that 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 little clip. So we'll see when we get a first song. Me what do too. you think of the that front sounded... cover? I think it's so funny. He's like ice skating it's... with fucking ice skating. <laughs> ice skating. Besides the ice skater, I'm guessing that's Fenris. Um, or I think it's Nocturnal Culto. Oh, even better. <laughs> Good old Ted. Good old Ted on the ice. He deserves it. He fucking hates everything. Um, but just the, I love the the snow and the almost like blurred out trees. I just love the whole feel. Other than the the ice skating. <laughs> yeah, it would have it would have been like less silly if he wasn't ice skating. That's what just gives yeah, it that extra little that extra little uh, little pinch of uh, stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the cover like is like good, and he's like wearing like his Panzerfaust hoodie or whatever. You know. <laughs> And uh, to tide me over until I listen to the new Dark Throne album, I'm going to listen to the death metal equivalent of Dark Throne, which is Autopsy. Their new album kicks ass. Yeah, I still need to give that one a listen. It's, I think it's their best since uh, Macabre Eternal. Oh, cool. That was, uh, that was their, their return turn album. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I need to give Autopsy a the new autopsy listen that it's one i haven't i, I got so like sucked into strigway and how great that album is there's so much good death weekend. doom 
Yeah. Go listen to Autopsy and then listen to Strigoi again. <laughs> uh, one band that I liked a lot that came out album last year called Doldsvanger. I think I sent you. That has like the. Yes, um, I remember that. It's one of Shot Rock's band, new bands. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just released like an EP that was pretty good. But it was only three songs, so it's kind of short, but it's a good Wait, one. Wait, Shot Rock from uh, Demo? No, um, uh, from uh, from Horna. You're thinking, oh, you're thinking of um, thinking. I'm losing all my metal cred. In this, <laughs> in this one podcast. You think you're thinking of um, of what's his name, Shagrath? Yeah, Shagrath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's okay. It's easy to. They're, I think they're from the same things. So it's easy to get mixed up. <laughs> they're both like and, names um, of like orcs. Silenos did say that the new demo is coming along and that it's going to be a lot more stripped down and a lot less orchestral. That could be good or bad. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll Hopefully, see. they were saving some good riffs. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah shot right from Horna and Sargeist and all those sorted sort of his his Striges and all the great stuff that he does. He has a new project Stridges. called Stridges. Stridges, you got that one, didn't Stridges. you? Just, you got the Striggies album, did. yeah. Yep. That one is sick, isn't it? The only thing. The only thing I didn't like on Stridges is the last track. Because oh, really? it's just one riff continuously until the end. Oh, I never noticed that I like I like the song. I guess like I like sometimes like one riff song, so because like I'm a big fan of like Trolldom, you know. And, yeah, like, Trolldom did it right. Trolldom did it right. I love how they always have like this one riff song at the end of the album. It's like <laughs> it's like ten minutes. Ten minutes of just like one riff. I don't know. Maybe it's just like is that is that part of me that also like like worships Vaughn? You know what I mean? I'm yeah, like, oh, just a like, just give, me, give me one riff and just just like go with it. You know, I think what's cool about when when uh, Gall does that with Trolldom is, um, or like even with the stuff he did with Gorgoroth is that he kind of will do um like expand it like with his vocals or something like it's almost like they're kind of building like this little mini symphony around a one riff you know what i mean or like mm-hmm. like the last song and um what's the second trolldom album uh till that Annette, i think yeah that's the one yeah uh the last song and that one's like it was like his vocals are crazy in that fucking song yeah, I think uh, that second Trolldom album had uh, Gaul's best Trolldom vocal performance, in my opinion. I do really like Till, uh, Till Man Day, though, the last one. Yeah. Oh, the production that one had on that to one. grow on me. That one had to grow on me because it's like a completely different um, songwriting style than the second one. Yeah. You know, you know what's real funny? Is, so, you know, the first album, like the production isn't that great, you know? Mm-hmm. So supposedly... Gaul was saying in an interview I listened to with him that the reason why it's not is because it wasn't like fully mixed. He just gave like what they had at the time to um Metallion, you know, when he ran Voices of Wonder because mm-hmm. Metallion wanted to release it so bad. And Gaul just gave him like kind of like wasn't even fully mixed or mastered or nothing, just gave him this and to release. And he's like, then we finished the album. So there's a finished fully mixed and mastered version of the first Trelldom album that he's just <laughs> sitting on. <laughs> release like, that shit. Release like, it. 
that's what that's what the guy in the interview was saying. He's like, you need to release this. He's like, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Call's just like, gonna like I want to focus on what I'm doing now. He's like, no, fucking release that shit, man. I'm like, got this shit like, and all he's got all these like rehearsal demos of, you know, he's talking about all like, hours and hours of rehearsal demos that he had that he just like sit, he's just sitting on. He doesn't release anybody, and like makes you so you like just angry just to piss people <laughs> I'm like i want the fucking i want to hear this because you know i love the first trolldom album but it does sound kind of crappy you know the production yeah and I, and I really want a second gall's weird album yeah did you like the ep he did i loved the ep i loved yeah, it that was a good one it was funny on that one every song is different you know yeah, every I, um i thought it was a interested the two like actual fast-paced uh black metal songs he just did clean vocals over everything yeah that's what i liked about the gall's weird is that it definitely is different because he's like it's like black metal but he's doing like non-black metal vocals i yeah. think that's cool it, it'll be interesting to see if he revisits that at all in the next album probably i mean i think it kind of created a sound I want to get. I want a new Trolldom album though, and he's like, he's saying that he wants to release, I think, six. So he's got like three more or something, or nine. He has like a plan for like six or nine Trolldom albums. I forget. I'm like, well, you better get serious and releasing some new fucking shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, man, Gall, you're not going to be around forever. Yeah, you need to you need to write these albums, get them out. <laughs> I mean, it's been. Uh, I mean, I remember when till that. Uh, Till Minute came out that was like fucking 2005 or some shit 2006 mm-hmm. it's been fucking you know we're working our way to 20 years man we gotta release another album like and he has some other projects that he's um working on as well that's supposed to come out like one that like he formed in the early 90s and they never released any music from it but him and the other guy are finally like putting an album together that's supposed to be out. And I guess he's working with um what's her name? The chick from Wardruna, who is in Wardruna, like on like a side project of some sort that's gonna be like ambient. Oh, right on. Like some type of like that'll be know, interesting. Thing like in that vein. Is what he said in like interviews I've seen with him or heard with him. So like the one um, Thomas Erickson podcast we did with, that he did with the guy from work. Like he uh, was talking about all those kinds of stuff. So, so uh, if he ever gets around to it, you know, it'll be hopefully. something for us all to look forward to. Yeah, eventually. Like, Still waiting on a new goddamn Trypticon album and a new Behexen. Yeah, those are the other ones that's like <sighs> taking like forever. Yeah. Um, on Behexen, I mean, um, when the, the new, the guitar player who, uh, Bjorn, the guy who joined, um, on Poisonous Path, uh, Poison is, he was, he's also like in Darvaza as a vocalist and, uh, Fid, Fids and Versa. Uh, he, he was, in, he was like the guitar player in Celestial Bloodshed and stuff like that. Oh, shit. So, but, uh, like the Darvaza album, uh, ascending toward perdition i think is probably like my my favorite album of the year so far i think it's amazing you'll have to send that one to me as well 
as yeah, the uh, necrophobic side project. Yeah, I'll just send those to you. The uh, have to rem- remember. You have to send me the one that you're telling me about to the um, uh, Mutterline. Mutterline. Yeah, yeah, the one that's like uh, doom, post punk, and industrial. Yeah. And dark ambient. You'll love it. Yeah, it sounds 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 promising. Mm-hmm. It's a dark and a dark and abyssal. <laughs> it is. It's actually a, that one actually has a pretty pitch black atmosphere too. That's, uh, that's You're gonna be like, why the fuck didn't I listen to this sooner? That's great. I love that. You gotta have all the pitch black fucking music you can get your yes. on, right? <laughs> that's what black metal is about. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna be listening to that Stragoy album again. Yeah, me too. All weekend I listened to it over and over again. I was just like, I can't get enough. But then I also so spun off and listened to, you know, the last few Paradise Lost albums and I listened to Valonfire and stuff as well. I was like, Man. Yeah, Valonfire is good. I definitely like Stragoy a little more though. Me too. I think Stragoy is better than Valonfire. I think Valonfire is good, but definitely Stragoy is better. You know, both the Stragoy albums. But Greg listen. made the right choice. Yeah. And he got uh but then you gotta listen to Paradise Lost too. <clears throat> you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much. And you gotta listen to Autopsy, man. That new Autopsy album is killer. Uh did yeah. you listen to Static Abyss? Static Abyss. That is a uh, side project with um Chris Freefort from Autopsy and Greg Wilkinson, the new bass player from Autopsy, doing their own uh death doom project Mm-mm. i don't know that one at all static abyss yep it's like to a, send you that one too it's like a death doom one yeah it's not too too far off from autopsy um there's a lot of doomy parts in there a lot of cool lead work and such but uh, if you like autopsy you're gonna love static abyss is it like because autopsy have a real strong like kind of black sabbath meets doom death metal type of yeah that's like carried that? on in there too and so is the uh hardcore punk influences as well so it's basically just autopsy version 2.0 so just what's that I mean, i'm sure there's nuances in there that i'm not picking up but it sounds a lot like autopsy yeah i'll have to check i'll check it out Stas- static abyss yep okay and the album is called "A Labyrinth of Veins." Okay. The uh, did you check out the newest Shape of Despair? Yes, I have it. It's yeah. amazing. It's great. I put it right up there with uh, Monotony Fields. Yep. I mean, every album they release is great. So, I mean, for me, "Angel of Distress" is probably always going to be in my the special album for me because that was the first one I got. Mm-hmm. Way back in the day, like 2004 or whatever, and uh, but uh, I feel like I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, every album they release is great, you know, it's always an event. One Shape of Despair releases an album, you know, because also, yeah, the only one I never apart. listened to was I think it was called the uh, Illusions Play. You haven't listened to that one? No, um, oh. I don't, that's the only one I don't own. Yeah, you gotta get that one. Shades great. of Angels of Distress, uh, Not Any Fields, the new one. I'm calling it the new one because I'm forgetting what it's called. 
and yeah, uh, definitely... that, that demo one that they released called like lost in the mist or something yeah yeah which kind of almost has a bit of a black metal feel sometimes on it i feel like especially in the vocal department yeah um but yeah you definitely need to check out illusions play it's great you know yeah. it's just as good as dressed it's a little it's maybe a little bit more out of all their albums it's maybe i guess you could say a bit more influenced by obviously by brave murder day or something like that because has a, a little bit parts that are a bit you know mid-tempo or whatever you know yeah but they're kind of like melodic guitar parts like like brave murder day but um it's a great album too i think uh but I'll, I'll definitely check that one out then yeah it's just like maybe slightly slightly less crushing than say angel of distress or mountain fields and more like uh you know, just like a little bit more mid mid tempo, but still that great kind of vibe. Like you'd get, like you know, maybe a little bit closer to say "Swallow the Sun" or something in a way. But but it'll definitely be a lot more depressing because it's shape of despair. Exactly, it's like a much more depressing version of something like "Swallow the Sun." You know, that's a great one. And um, from "Shape of Despair," um, around the same time I picked up their new album. Why can't I remember what it's called? Um, I can't remember either. <laughs> I uh, I got into clouds finally. Oh yeah, you finally got yeah. Clouds are great. Oh, like, very good band. They're kind of. I think at one point they had one of the guitarists from Shape of Despair. Yeah, well, Clouds is like a, a super group. Super group across like all of Europe, basically. Yeah, like they got members from. I think it's based in like Romania or something like that, right? Like, and they have members. Yeah, and they from... got the singer who's uh, what the hell is he in? Uh, what is the end? I can't remember any name of anything right now. Let me see. I know the band starts with an A. I don't know. What is it? <laughs> a Phonic Threnody. Oh, yeah, Phonic Threnody. That's a good band. Yeah, the uh, singer of Clouds is the vocalist for them now. Okay, yeah. Aphonic Serenity is a real good band. They're from Britain, I think. Are they? Are they from Britain? I think so. I can't remember exactly. It's been a while since I listened to them, but they were a good one. Uh, yeah, and cl- Clouds, I feel like, are a bit... They're like Funeral Doom mixed with like maybe like Old Anathema, you know? They got a little bit of that uh, Alternative 4 era Anathema type of stuff going on. You know what I mean? In my opinion. Yeah. And they, they definitely, I don't know, they definitely, yeah, they're not like bleak or like super dark, but they definitely carry the weight of like extreme depression and sadness, like a few other bands I've heard. Yeah, they're very, um, they definitely have that melancholy, depression, sadness. It's not really like crushing in the same way. It's like, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's more emotional in a way. Yeah. Like, I think like the and, um, band, following. Honestly, I think clouds formed out of like when the guy's like losing like a you know somebody he loved or something like that and he made this music, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it's genuine. It's genuine yeah. and you can feel it. And um following that train of thought, um uh frowning is releasing or already has released a new EP. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Let's check that out. Elfric was released a few days ago, which is really good. But yeah, Frowning has some new stuff out. You said it was released a few days ago? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I'll have to give that give that a listen. It's been a while since I've listened to Frowning. I kind of like um uh I've only recently really started getting back more into like more doom stuff because there was a while where I didn't really listen to that much doom. I kind of just wasn't like in that kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Like I was listening to some stuff, like maybe like Evoken or you know, Trypticon or something, you know, that kind of doom. But the darker stuff, yeah. Yeah. But I haven't really uh I kind of was like not really um keeping up with a lot of different doom bands in, in the last like last little bit while, you know. Which is why it took me a while to listen to some certain albums because it was just like it's what you know, there's certain things where I just wait till I'm in the mood for it. I feel like that's the right time to listen to it. Cause I find that's better because there's sometimes some types of bands that if I'm not in the right mood, I hate it. But if I'm in the right mood, I love it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to put yourself off from you don't want to put yourself off from music you might otherwise love too. So it's yeah. good to have that someone season you're in musically. Yeah, you gotta you gotta put on what you what you're feeling because you know if you're in the mood for like um, death rash or something like that, you put on fucking shape of despair. It's like you're like and just it just doesn't just like grinds against it. it you know? Yeah, you're like no, I don't. Yeah. Not, you know what I mean? Like, I hate <laughs> this. I hate it's this. Not, it's not like maybe it's you don't. Yeah, maybe it's not like you feel like it's awful or something, but you just like you just don't doesn't you're not feeling it, you know. <laughs> it was grinding against the spirit of like what you actually want to listen to in that moment, yeah. Yeah, I found that. You're like, what is this weak shit? Yeah, you get in this kind of moods where you're like, I do get in kind of mood sometimes where I'm like, I just want to listen to fucking aggressive music or something that's like evil, <laughs> and then you put on you, you just can't listen to to like certain things. But then you get in other moods where you're like the aggressive evil stuff kind of rubs you the wrong way. You need to listen to some melancholic dark music or something. You know, it's all it's all different kinds of moods, you know. Or the worst are the days where you really don't know what you want to listen to. Yeah, I hate that. I hate those days when like I just like I you go on and you just draw a blank. You just like and you try putting different stuff on and you're like, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. <laughs> Oh, I'm kind of digging this. Oh God, I don't want to listen to another song of this. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's like, yeah, you just um. Sometimes you'll think you're not in the mood for something, but then you'll put it on, and it actually is what you want to listen to. That you'll be like, like, yeah, this is the <laughs> stuff right here. Yeah, you know, like I, I really hate that. I hate that feeling when you're like just not really sure what you're feeling, like listening to it sucks and he's just like sometimes i'll just like end up like sitting in silence you know what i mean it's like i don't you just kind of give up because <laughs> you don't you don't know like it's but that that that's like it's worth it for the days where you know exactly what you want to listen to and like you got your whole like musical day yeah planned ahead of you yeah you you got the vibe that you're feeling like like and sometimes you'll just look like uh like struggle I, I didn't know that's what i wanted to listen to until i listened to it like i was like oh i need yeah. to listen to struggle i'm gonna check it out so i checked it out and i was like hitting this spot exactly i was like yeah this is exactly what i needed right now and now that's great like, oh, when you listen to something new yeah it's like exactly what you want you're like i just want to listen to other stuff that's got this kind of vibe you know or like in different types of styles you know and you're just like it kind of resets like what you're looking for you know what i mean 
Absolutely. That's a good throwing. Absolutely. So throw on some absent in body and some triptychon. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, Triptychon and Monotheist. I consider that a Triptychon album. I'm sorry, yeah. but I do. Yeah, me too. They all, they, Triptychon just picks up where Monotheist left off, you know? Yeah. One day, maybe we'll get to see the triumph of death for Triptychon. Maybe. One thing that I really kick myself is okay, so that when Triptychon first came out, I didn't know that it was Tom Warrior. I was kind of out of the loop, right? And uh, I didn't either, so I ignored them. Yeah, I I did too. And then uh, what happened was they they were on tour 1349 and they came to Denver and I wasn't planning on going really. And then guess who walks into my Starbucks? Tom Warrior. Tom Warrior? Triptychon hat on. And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know what I mean? Thanks. Just like, wait, wait. Was this was this before you knew he was in Trypticon? Yeah, I found out he was in Trypticon because he came in my store with a Trypticon. <laughs> he just hat walked on. in out of nowhere. You just see Tom Warrior walking. Yeah, the they were playing Starbucks. a show that night, and unfortunately, I was like clothing, so I couldn't go. I didn't have any money. I was just like, oh, I was just kicking myself. Like, if I had known that Trypticon was Tom Warrior, I would have gotten tickets and gone. And you know what I mean. So did you very... did you uh did you tell him that? No, I just made his drink and you know I was just like <laughs> made his drink and talked to him for a minute and no, <laughs> I didn't say anything but <laughs> but then also guys from thirteen forty nine came in too. Uh, and those guys are tall as fuck, let me tell you. Like all the yeah. guys from thirteen forty nine are like seven feet tall, it seems like <laughs> But yeah, so and Tom Warrior is like short. He's like shorter than me. But he was cool. Really? He was a, I yeah. thought it was like I thought it'd be like six something. No, dude, he's like he's like five five or something. Because he has like a presence. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, but uh yeah, he's really he's a really nice guy though. I mean he's really nice to talk to. But uh but yeah, that's how I found out Trypticon. And and ever since then Trypticon has never gone on tour in the United States again. <laughs> And that that show was in like uh, what was that like 2010 or something like that 2011 forget it's when like almost 13 years ago yeah holy shit he just plays like plays uh, like you know um, festivals Europe. like yeah or you know he comes and plays Psycho Las Vegas you know it's like you're we're gonna chance. have to do that. I guess I don't know. I mean, I would do. I would love to see. I would love to see either Triumph of Death or Trypticon. Trypticon. I don't care. I don't want to see one of those two before I die. But, <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know if it's a chance. It would be really nice if 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 Tom Warrior went on tour with one of the, you know, did like a world tour or American tour with Trypticon when they finally release the next album. You know, that'd be cool. But uh, yeah, someday I soon. It. I hope. Yeah, and I missed out on Monotheist era trip Celtic Frost because that came out I think right when I was re- really getting into black metal. You know what I mean? Two thousand six. That's when that came out. Yeah, yeah, it was like uh, they were just reformed. I mean, I I was in the black metal all the time, but so I was in, I got black metal like before before that, but I actually didn't know that they were coming on tour. That was a thing. I found out later that they came to Denver on tour. I didn't know that. 
I was kind of out of the loop on shows at the time, you know? Yeah. Like, because I think around the time they came on tour in 2007, I didn't have internet or nothing. I was completely like, just like barely knew what was going on or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what, that's what happened that time. The, the 2000s were shitty. Yeah. Like 2007, 2008, I was like completely out of the loop. So, I mean, I found out about certain shows. I tried to keep it as, as much in the loop as possible. More so in 2008, 2009, I started like checking like the, the advertisements and like the Westward or whatever we had here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I didn't have internet. I didn't, you know, I didn't have a real good way to keep track of stuff. So I didn't. And to be honest, I didn't actually get into the album Monotheist until much later. Like, I think I had got, you know, I was really into, you know, old Celtic Frost. And I didn't actually get into Monotheist until probably like 2011 or something. Yeah, I actually, um, I actually followed Tom's trajectory in order. <laughs> when I was the first, I got the Hellhammer demos and then the EP and then got into Celtic Frost, listened to their stuff in order. And then Monotheist blew me away. And then I learned that Triptychon was a continuation of Tom Warrior's musical legacy. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. And it was it was cool following that in its chronological order. Yeah, it was like I think I got into Monotheus and the first Triptychon album around the same time. Like I got both of them around the same time, like uh and this blew me away, you know. I was like, why did I not check out this album like Monotheus like years before? I don't know. I just I just ha- hadn't, but it was like fucking blew me away when I finally gave it a listen. And uh, I mean, I think Monotheus and the Triptychon stuff is like, I mean, I love all the old, I love Hellhammer and I love old Celtic Frost and stuff, but I there is something like, it's like at the same time, I think the Monotheist and the the Triptychon stuff is like his masterpiece, you know. And that uh, Requiem album that he released is really good. Yeah, that's a really good one. I, I haven't watched Requiem the live album. video of it, but I've. Uh, I've should. I mean, I love the album. Should it's 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 good. It's probably on YouTube. Somewhere. Yeah. What it is? Such... Yeah, because the actual physical copy comes with the the DVD. Yeah, I need to actually get a copy of it with the DVD. That's what I want to get. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. It's so worth it. Yeah. And the fact that the um, Triptychon has the guitarist from uh, Dark Fortress, it makes it so much better. Yeah. I love his his um, contribution on the Dark Fortress album, Eidolon. When he does that yes, song. yes, he does uh, Baphomet. Yeah, Baphomet. That's a, great, that's a great one. That's probably my favorite Dark Fortress album is Eidolon for me. I like it. My, mine is probably Island. Partly because that was my first Dark Fortress album. And to me, there's a darkness about that album that just... Idol, Idol on it? Island. Which, the which one, one that uh, came after Idol on. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good one, too. That was a good pocket for them. Those, that, that around that, those two couple albums, you know. It was, it was a good good era for, for Dark Fortress. Yeah, and I wasn't too, too crazy about Venereal Dawn. I mean, it was good. I enjoyed it. And then I thought they were getting back on track with uh, Spectral Specters of the Old World. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I like the seance as well. It was a pretty good one. Yeah, the last one with uh, Azathoth. Yeah. He's releasing, um, he's got a new project called Trinitas. And it's like old school black metal worship. So I'm excited for that. Cool. I'll have to check that out. Trinitas. Does it have an album out yet? Um, He's talking about releasing it. I think it's going to be out soon. Okay, he does cool. have music out that you can listen to. Cool. I'll have to give that a give that a go. Give it a go. So, yeah, I got it. I gotta send you that. I gotta send you Mutterline and I gotta send you Static Abyss. Yep. And uh, I need to send you um what are the ones? Darvaza. And uh do you remember the other ones? Those um the about? one that's oh uh, NFL necrophobic. Yeah. Yep. Tavaza and Athelion. I'll remember when I like eventually I'll realize you know when I post the 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 episode I always listen to it again so to make sure everything's okay. Now I'm like, okay, if I forget one, I'll I'm like, oh and there we go. I remember. <laughs> yeah, and I am gonna be feeling it because I have to be up at six in yep. the morning. Yeah, I have to be up early too, because I was gonna oh, shit. let you I was gonna get off here in a few minutes. So right on. Um, um you, yeah, you're episode, at the, yeah yeah and, uh, and the episode goes up on what do you call it uh on a weekend on Saturday, sunday sweet so, yeah so sweet um yeah tag me in it and uh I'm oh, yeah, I'll tag you. yeah i mean i tag yeah I'll tag you and your name will be in the in the description and everything you know right on we metal talk with Sage. <laughs> <laughs> who the who the fuck's that guy? <laughs> Sage Jordan. Uh you'll have to um uh yeah, I'll get some information because I want to uh in the description I'll put in like your, your new band and stuff like that as well. Yeah, so um, the name of your new band. Um I'm also still working on that bestial black metal project with swans and funeral doom influences. I got a full song written. Cool. And it actually has a name, uh, Black Glass Communion, after Black the new Glass Mayhem Communion. song. After the May- yeah. Cool. That's a good name. So you're working on that? Yep. Super excited about uh, Some- doing more with that. Sometimes things are just like move slow. It's like I've been like trying to get stuff recorded. It's been real slow, particularly when you like have other, you know, I'm trying to do stuff with Alex and it just moves slow. It was kind of we've been we've been moving kind of slow recently, so yeah. eventually stuff uh, will slower get slower than a typo negative album. Yeah, eventually we'll have a lot of music out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I would love to do things the old dark throne way. Just write something and just go to some cabin in the woods during a, just a single weekend and record the whole fucking thing. Yeah, that's no one. I mean, that's kind of my my I approach is, uh, you know, it's just a matter of getting the time together to get together but for me like say what, like what we're doing i'm doing with alex is, is literally just like i want to do it that way where he and i just get together when we can record the song and then i take the stuff and finish it up you know what i mean like but the yeah. songs based the basic track of guitar and drums is done live no click track or nothing just you know real stuff you know what i mean Right on. That's kind of like I like when you can manage to do that. It's great. I mean, 
obviously when you have to record everything separately and you have to use click tracks and stuff but when you can just do it all do the basic stuff together you know for another all organic yeah i like that the way it should be yeah sticks (laughs) and stones and skulls and bones (laughs) exactly you gotta if you don't have if you don't have no skulls and bones in your band you know (laughs) listen to that one pablo yeah (laughs) real black metal sticks and stones unless you're making Unless you're Budos Nord, and then you're sampling sticks and stones <laughs> <laughs> and bones. Sticks and samples. Sticks, samples of bone and noise and shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. None of that. Uh, you ever, I don't understand if you have a good kit, drum kit, and you and you replace it all with sample pads with superior drummer i don't understand that it makes no sense to me if you can get a good if you have because really, everything has to sound perfect everything must a, be hurt like you got a real good kit and you might get right you don't need you don't you don't need those sample pads and nothing beats the sound of like a completely acoustic kit recorded no, I mean, well look at look at seven churches it's a perfect fucking drum sound yeah for a perfect album, and that drum so sound a lot could of work people, for a lot of albums. Absolutely. A lot of people what? I totally forgot what I was going to say. Um. Yeah, real drums when when possible. No, these tick 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 drums. Stop the madness! <laughs> Stop it! Get tick, some tick, help! Tick 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 tick. I get real. I get real annoyed when I hear bands that have like the little TikTok drums. I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> You'll hear like a band is really good, and they got tick 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 drums. In it. <laughs> One album that really ruins it for me before we end is uh, the Cesarial album, uh, Lords of the Night Realm, or whatever. Their second album. You gotta send us. I have tick 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 drums. Do the the um. The, the album itself like the the songs are are you're, you can listen to it, but like the songs are, are good but the drums are so and and even the drums are good but they're so quiet underneath the mix that literally all you can hear is the snare all you can hear and then every once in a while you can hear like the fills and stuff they're doing and it sounds like it could be good but it's <laughs> But it's actually like it's actually annoying. Like it's annoying to listen to the album because like you're like, like if if the drums are louder, and had a better drum sound. If you had a better drum sound on this album, like this would be a sick fucking album. But because the drums are like, like it's not even like sample padded drums. It's just so quiet that all you it's so poorly recorded that all you can hear is like a snare sound. I just lo- I just love how you're like it could it could it could be good. It could be, and that's almost more annoying. It's like less annoying when it's like just the album is just like shit. It's yeah. more annoying when it's like you can hear the good album, but it's like ruined by like this garbage fucking production. You know what I mean? It's like you can't really tell like a snare sound and like and like all you can hear is guitars. You know, it's very annoying. Or just the symbols, <laughs> or just the symbols and the kick drum, and fuck the snare. Yeah, either any any of those types of things. It's funny how you can be like, yeah, I listen to fucking garbage cans, but but then this album sounds like shit, you know? Like, 
<laughs> like, like I rather, you know, you know, like proclamation is like <laughs> it's great. Like this album is shit, you know. <laughs> There's an irony about complaining like about getting production. your head repeatedly slammed in a car door. Yeah, it's funny when you like. It's funny sometimes when you think about it, like you're like complaining about production, but I'm like, oh, who am I to talk? <laughs> but you know. There's some there's some productions that on surface should be good because they're all clean or whatever, but they sound like crap, you know. I'd rather yeah. listen to garbage can. <laughs> if it fits the music. If it fits the music and if you can hear the damn thing. I want to at least be able to hear the garbage cans. It's not like a, that original demo version of La Morte Loon by Vlad Tepes. It sounds like Oh a, god, that's unlistenable. It sounds like a fucking fan, like <laughs> <laughs> but then they released that that different version of it and it was actually kind of it was actually good yeah that's the one i have the yeah. actual album version with the epitaph intro yeah i have that one too and you're like oh wow i actually can hear this album that's crazy yep. but still it, all you can hear is drums yeah it's it's, oh, it's slightly better it's still not as good as war war funeral march or, or black, march of black holocaust but yeah yeah, that, that's where it's where the lo-fi I draw my line. So if it just sounds like fucking white noise or something. It's like haze, yeah. Not Unless it. it's like suicidal, depressive black metal, there's no excuse. <laughs> and even then sometimes there's no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Velvet Cocoon. I like I love Guinevere by Velvet Cocoon. That almost great. Yeah. That's a that's an okay white noise album yeah that's a good one i like the way that the and that one almost kind of reminds me of budos norden wave the way some of the drum beats are and stuff yeah they're very like uh martial yeah and mechanical almost and they have the parts where it's like dun, 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 you know it's kind of weird wrist and stuff i think that's, that's yeah. a good one. so and what is the name of of your new your band you're doing vocals on uh malice deus Malice Davis, that's right. Yep. Which is also kind of sounds like uh, uh Malice that's sort of like the one or no, it was Malum, sorry, I got mixed, yeah. Malum's the song from Mayhem. Yep. Yeah, Malus Davis. That's a good band name though. I mean I heard the I song that you posted that posted the more Leviathan's emissary. Yeah, recently, yeah. That was a good that was a good sound good. Sounds like you're off to a good start with that project, so that band. Oh yeah, and um, you know, my good. voice is getting back in shape, and things are going pretty good so far. They're pretty, they're pretty like um, old school feeling. So that was good. But so yeah, so far so good. A little more on the death metal side, which is interesting for me. Yeah, it's like they're more death metal, but it's like old school stuff. I liked it. I got to experiment with some uh, stuff I don't usually do vocally, like some uh, uh, like uh, almost melodic, like sludge type vocals, like I did towards the end of the song. Right. Yeah. It definitely had a good. You know, you always bring a good mix of of vocal styles to what you're doing. It's good. I try. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna go ahead. We're gonna close out this uh, this marathon of, of metal talk because I need to go to bed here soon. All right. Um, uh, fuck Jesus Christ and hell Satan. Hell Satan. That was great. That was good talking.
Good talking <laughs> to you. You too, dude. Uh, all right. I'll talk to you later.